Hello everyone, and welcome to This Nintendo Life, episode 264, 4 being the operative number, because apparently it's the first episode of 2024, <sighs> as we are in a brand new year. Uh, what a marvellous time it we're is. We're now into our, our, our 11th year. Yeah, this is the, the 11th math, right? year of the show. Indeed, that there is correct. Um, it's always funny that, right? Because you're like, well, it's been 10 years since we started in 2013, mm. but this is the 11th year of the show. It's like with the Game Awards, where like it was technically the 10th show, but the next one's going to be the, the 10th anniversary of it, you know? Like because it's inclusive because like you count right. from one to the other it's it's numbers get weird in that way you know the um, wild thing on that is that this is Bally Jr's third year that's no don't say that it's his third <laughs> got, year that's he's not even two but that's not allowed you're not is allowed to say year? things like that that uh oh god we're all just <laughs> melting aren't we truly into just fucking dust uh Wow. Okay. Well, that's cool. Uh, excited <laughs> for that. <laughs> That'll be cool for you, I'm sure. Um, the terrible twos, they call them. Uh, oh, so terrible twos. Best of luck, sir. Best of luck with that. Um, but uh, yeah, we're here once again. So guess what? We're going to talk about Nintendo video games. It's uh, you know, it's, it's one of those shows. Uh, if you've never listened to us before, uh, hello, I'm MBZ. That's Bali. Uh, we talk about right. Nintendo on this show, um, and uh, that's that's basically it. That's kind of what the show is. Um, so. Yeah, we uh, we have been playing some stuff over the holidays and things like that, but um, Bally, do you want to tell the fine folks what our show is going to look like today? For the first segment, we're going to talk about the games that we have been playing, and that includes a couple of game trade games. We can talk about that in a second. Mm-hmm. And then for the second segment, we are going to look back on our 2023 predictions, see what we got wrong, see what we got right, and then we're going to give more predictions for 2024. Yeah. Uh, and then to finish off the show, we actually have a little game that uh, MBZ is going to play. Um, uh-huh. So that, that should be fun. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, so I guess let's get into it about it. Let's, this is, I think this has been a long time coming. Uh, there's, there's lots of stuff to discuss here. I feel like the listenership is quite divided uh-huh. on this game this question uh-huh. well okay so let's let's set it up first let's set it up first uh, so we do this thing on the show it's called game trade where this is our fourth year doing it third year i think something like that yeah um so every year uh at the start of the year uh bali and i will give each other a game and we'll be like we'll do this next episode by the way yeah, for, yeah. for the new new year yeah for the new year um so every time we're like okay i'm gonna give you this game you have to play this game before the end of the year um and that's kind of the idea is like there's no way that you can get around this this is you have to do it you're forced to do it basically um and this year bali decided to give me a game uh that i don't want to play <laughs> that i have not wanted They've to play even remastered it for you it the they did suggestion. it's funny because you gave it to me before they even announced before the they announced the remaster yeah. um so uh metro prime metro prime remastered um now i gave bali sonic mania which we'll also talk about on this show after mm-hmm. uh metro prime but um bali gave me metro prime and um so here's my history with metro prime so i got Back in the day, we read a magazine called Official Nintendo Magazine. It was actually called NOM for a while, Nintendo Official Magazine, before it changed. And I think it turned from one company to another because it got bought by Future. And so Future rebranded it as O&M. And it was when the Wii came out, all that sort of stuff. But before that, NOM had a giveaway thing where they would you would get a game with a subscription, I believe was the case. And I got... There were three games you could choose from. Pikmin 2... 
Metroid Prime 2, and then a third one that I can't remember that's lost the annals of time because neither of us got it. Um, So Bally got Pikmin 2. It's the origin of Bally's Pikmin love. Um, And I got metroid prime 2 the origin uh, of your metroid prime love. Of, course, of course because because back then so here's the thing in the in nintendo official magazine they scored games on a percentage scale right you know in this modern era it's very much like number out of 10 like the ign scale of like this is a nine this is an eight back then we did fucking percentages in uk games magazines all right so metro prime 2 got a 97 percent in nom and i was like well that's a high number that's like the highest number i've ever seen it must be the best game ever made so i decided let's just get it even though i knew it was a bit scary and you know all that sort of stuff so i got metro prime 2 and i played it for i don't know i would say a good few hours and i always got to this spot this first boss i think it's the bomb guardian the fucking worm guy and i just couldn't beat him and every time i died i went all the way back to my save room and i was like oh i have to go through all this stuff again all the way to get and it was really scary and dark and just foreboding it's funny because when i played that game years later it's like our our, our gaming skills have come on leaps and bounds so I was just oh like, yeah this boss is kind of not nothing but uh-huh. it's, it's not that bad <laughs> yeah um, exactly exactly but, yeah. but when i was what like 11 years old or 10 or whatever yeah on top of the fact that yeah we did find this game terrifying at the time it's still oh, it's a fucking very scary game it's still a scary game but like to play at 11 yeah metro prime 2 is a really scary game uh especially because there's the whole dark world and you go through um it did have an impact on me like i liked the names of things like uh the luminoth which are mm. the race of Metro Prime 2, yeah. and Aether and Dark Aether. Now, there was another game back in the day that we used to play uh, at school called O-Game. Bally, you'll remember O-Game. Right, yeah. um, everyone played O-Game, which was a like it was a strategy space thing that was kind of text-based in a way where you'd buy planets and moons and things like that. And I would name all of my planets after Metro Prime 2 shit because that's the most sci-fi thing that I knew at the time. And so I had a planet called Luminoth. I had a planet called Aether, Dark Aether. So I actually, it had an impact on me from like, i like the names of this stuff and it's kind of cool perspective but i hated playing the game uh the game was just not fun to play i didn't enjoy it it was dark and scary and i never wanted to do it so i just never really got into metro prime 2 <clears throat> fast forward to i don't know uh, i think it was when did you play this game the first game bally like 2014 or 15 yeah, 2014 i, I think say. it was 14 because i actually went back and listened after you know playing this game I went back and listened to that episode oh, or those fun. two episodes where you played and talked about metro prime original and so you come to the game and you're back then you were just getting into metroid so you had played yeah. fusion and super metroid at that point and you came into metro prime and you're like right i want to see what it's like this 3d iteration and you came out of that experience being like well this is the best metroid game basically yeah. you were like i love this thing this is amazing it's so cool it was also it's funny you listen to it and you're like this is the first first person game i have ever played you know? <laughs> which is it's very funny the start of this show if you want some funny stuff go back and listen to it because every episode bali's like it's the first indie game I it's the first puzzle game i played you, you know? start somewhere right exactly exactly but yeah uh, definitely a, f- a lot of first experiences for bali back in the day and it was the first first person game we'd ever played mm-hmm. um which i thought was very uh, adorable um and uh and yeah so you came out of that experience being very positive on it and it's very funny because back then 
uh you said uh well basically we talked about how you came over to my house and played metro prime and i watched you play it and the section that i watched you play was the fucking where it goes all dark and Mm. the space pirates are taking over and the power is out and you have to use the thermal visor so you go in there and then you get the thermal visor and then you come back the opposite way that all the lights are turned off and you have to kill them by using the thermal visor um and that was probably the worst way possible to show me metro prime because i'm like it confirms all my fears about (laughs) metro prime uh you're just walking through shooting guys and it's dark and scary and i don't want to do it Did i like bring my gamecube disc and memory card and stick it in your yeah. gamecube and play i think i think so i think that must have been the case See, yeah. that was the way that that was quite a quaint way of just uh-huh. playing games at other people's houses i'll just bring the disc and the memory card and we'll yeah. have a great time I exactly yeah totally because i had a wave bird and everything you know so mm. um so yeah so you i watched you play through that segment and like you died like a couple of times or whatever um and i think that confirmed a lot of my biases about metro prime where i was like well it's this and it's this and i never want to touch it it's horrible yeah uh and then uh end of wii u era iwata comes on screen during nintendo direct is like by the way the metro prime trilogy it's on wii now um and we're gonna do at half price so it's 8.99 for all three games i was like well i mean i have no interest in any of these games but you know that's a fucking deal and a half so i'm not gonna say no to buying all three metro prime games for 8.99 on the wii u eShop or whatever so i bought that um and i think my intention was okay fine i'll play everyone likes the wii controls and stuff like that i'll play i'll try and play metro prime and it's another case of you coming over to my house and you're like right let's do metro prime and so i turn it on turn on the wii and we just start the game go through the opening stuff you know fight the guy on the frigate orphean and then you're down into the planet on talon 4 and i'm just like struggling with the controls i can't turn around properly i just hate this free aiming thing with the remote because it seems like the lock-on doesn't work in the same way with the wii version and i'm just fumbling and struggling and it's a goddamn nightmare and i fight that fucking wasp boss or whatever it is and i'm like this sucks i don't want to do this this is really frustrating from a control standpoint all that sort of stuff and so again i was like i'm just not I'm not going to continue. I just can't play Metro Prime. This just is not... more attempts than I remember. I'm, I'm very impressed. This is a lot. It's, so it's not It's not necessarily just attempts, right? But it's like I've had multiple different experiences from playing the second game to watching you play it to trying it myself with the Wii version. I have had lots of tries at Metro Prime. And also, I have watched the whole of Metro Prime 1 and 2 because of Let's Plays back in the day. Nintendo Capri Sun, my boy, obviously played through all those games and I've watched every Let's Play he did. And so he played Metro Prime and I watched him play it and I was like, okay, cool, this is this is good. But also, like, that was 12 years ago now, probably, and my memory is very fuzzy and I went back and looked at some of the videos and, like, the bit rate on those videos is just, like, <laughs> chunky as hell. Like, you go back to 480, 360p YouTube videos back in the day, I'm like, how did I watch any of this and think it was, like, any... <laughs> I could understand. Yeah, exactly. So that was that was interesting. So... Fast forward to today. So, uh, Metro Prime Remastered came out earlier this year. Everyone heaped praise upon it. It's great. It's amazing. Um, It's the best looking remaster, all this sort of stuff. And everyone's like, and it's still an amazing game. And I'm like, I don't believe any of you. I don't don't believe a word you say. I've played this game multiple times. I've tried so, so much. Um, Okay, and so Bali then tells me I have to play it. And I put it off the whole year because I don't want to play it. And so on thursday which i think was was it the 28th thursday um i think it was so on thursday i was like all right 
let's try let's just boot it up i'll just pay play like an hour or so and just see how it goes and then i can you know i'll my, my plan was i'll just place a bit of it before and then i'll just finish it in the new year i won't actually do it for our thing i won't finish it for the end of the year all this sort of stuff so here's what i do bally um i i boot up the game and i start playing it and the new controls all of a sudden it's like oh it's it's just twin stick controls. It just like it, it just kind of works. Twin stick controls. That's it twin stick controls. It just kind of works, and you move it around. But you can also lock on, so you can do twin stick and aim. Got the best of both worlds, then. Yeah, you can also lock on, and I start playing it, and I get through that opening area, and I'm like, okay, oh, this is kind of cool, this is kind of interesting. And I get down onto the planet, and I start playing it, and I'm like, oh, this is... and I get to this point, I go to a place right i get to this kind of waterfally area uh transitioning between like magma caverns and places like that right where you go down to the chozo ruins and i notice a thing and the thing that i notice is that there's this little guy with spikes and he's going around a platform and he's going under the platform and above the platform and around it and i look at it and i'm like wait a second that's what these fuckers do in 2D Metroid. Yeah. That's what they do in the fucking yeah. 2D. They go around the platforms. I'm like, that's the draw oh, of this game. Oh, they 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 kind of understand what 2D Metroid is about. They kind of get this guy's going around this platform. And so I do that, and then I get into the Chozo ruins, and I thought I go down into the first room, and you fall down by going down these kind of elevator shafts. And I look back up at the room. I'm like, wait a second, this is. This is what you do in Super Metro. You go down, and there's like these platforms, and it's like you go and fall down the floor. And Bali, I'm here to tell you that okay, Metro Prime, it's not a good game uh, overall. It's, oh. it's not a good game, okay? Oh. Because the truth of the matter is, Metro Prime game. is a fucking fantastic yeah. video game, and I I am yeah. truly truly go. shocked to be sitting here today <laughs> to tell you that I that I played through Metro Prime in the space of three days doing basically wow. a Wind Waker, and not because I had to do it for this challenge, but because I wanted to play the game. Um, now here's the thing: there are big problems with Metro Prime, and I will get to them. There are flaws, I think, especially the second half of the game has big issues that i wish they had addressed and i wish they had fixed with the remaster but the first six or seven hours of metro prime i think are a fucking masterpiece and really mm. understand what metroid is and why it ticks and why it is so great but doing it in a way that changes perspective right and understands that and is is, is different because it is from a first person point of view and i, th I think that all this just clarified to me because ultimately the thing that was i struggled with was control it was control in the original prime 2 it was control in the wii version none of these controls let me get over them to enjoy the rest of the game as soon as i had twin stick controls and i had this perspective i was able to focus on the other things the other parts of the game so scanning things and reading icon descriptions or like reading terminals and enemy bios and stuff like that the way that they dole out lore in this game and the history of the chozo and how you understand what's going on the narrative aspect is actually really fascinating and very cool like there's a moment where you walk into a room and you turn on a holographic projector and you see these like five planets circling around and you can scan all five of those planets and be like oh this is this planet i've never heard of here's another one with some weird stuff going on and then you find zebes is there as well and like oh shit that's that planet i know that from metroid canon and lore and it's just a really cool way of delivering the narrative stuff to you um, that I think works 
super well like from the chozo artifact stuff where you look at the writing on the wall and they talk about the history of the planet and how the chozo came here and they were like this is going to be our our planet and we're going to you know treat it well and then they find like that there's a meteorite that hit the planet and the meteorite caused something to happen and they talk about this poison and they kind of realize over time that the poison is phazon right that is basically Mm. destroying the planet and it's just this really cool thing of every area you go to it's like well okay in the chozo ruins there are these trees and the trees are being corrupted by something but you don't know what it is and i I, every opportunity that i had to scan something i would take it and i think that is a real testament to how good the writing is for all this stuff but also just how cool of an idea it is and you feel like someone who is an explorer uncovering the narrative as you go right by just finding these little pieces of information and and scanning them to to see what's happening um and i think also because i was not focusing on controls anymore i was just looking around the environment environment more taking in the surroundings and just the atmosphere that the little touches when you walk through vents and it steams up the mask when you have a raindrop just flicker off the the front of the visor um when you go near to those weird electrical guys and the screen starts fuzzing up like a vhs tape because your visor gets interference like there are so many touches that the obviously the reflection of samus's eyes is something people have talked about for years and years but i think in context of the vibe and the sound of the world and all of that happening around you it feels so much more impactful and just adds that level of polish that kind of tangibility to the world as well right just like going through these places and having these physical things of the environment affect you affect your character um and i i think all of this works in harmony because this game is fucking stunning it is the best looking Mm -hmm. switch game it runs at a flawless 60 frames per second it is incredibly smooth and also incredibly crisp which is not something you can say for practically any switch game 1080 60 i was playing this on my monitor the most of the time i played handheld a bit as well but holy shit it looks incredible it is like the best looking game on switch by i would say quite a margin and it's based off a gamecube game originally and the interesting thing is you go back and you look at the gamecube game in comparison i was like oh it's a remaster it's not changed that much but you look at the comparisons and it's like jesus christ they did a massive facelift on this thing to make it so much more i don't know unique and interesting like there's this one room with these four pillars in it it's kind of sandy dusted room and you look at it on the original version and how plain and boring those pillars are compared to now and the detail in them and the fractures and the way that it adds so much more character to the world it feels like metro primary mastered has taken the feeling of what it was like to play that game back then and now just enhanced it to a degree where everything is so much more kind of um, recognizable as a specific place like mm. i can in my brain i've gone through this world so many times now no ro- rooms by like where they would be in the flow of the journey as well as like what they look like like having gone th- there's this one room in particular that as well that kind of struck me where i was going through it a few times and every time i would be able to do something new in the room and that is a metroid staple of you go through it the first time and you're like okay i'm gonna fight these enemies on the floor there's some wasps in the ceiling and in this room there is that wasp hive there is uh, another room you can go to there's a couple of stairs and on the side there's like a morph ball puzzle uh with bombs so you go through this room one time you just clear out the enemies and you move on and then you come back through there and you have a missile i'm like oh shit now i can take out the wasp hive and then you come back through there later and you're like have the morph ball and you start doing the puzzle and you're like 
but I can't get rid of these blocks. I must need the bombs. And you go get the bomb. And you come back at another time, and you go through, and you finally use the morph ball bombs to get that missile expansion that was hidden in the room, and you saw it the first time you were there, but you couldn't get it, because that is the joy of Metroid, is going, getting upgrades, remembering places, and being like, oh shit, now I can go there because I have this. Mm. Um, and that room is like burned into my brain now, its entire structure and what it looks like. And I think because of the visual uplift, because of the facelift that the game has got, so many of those spaces are now so distinct from one another and they don't blend together. And to some degree, I would say that the GameCube game had elements of blending together of spaces because the art design couldn't be as distinctive as it can now, right? And so I think because of that, it was easier for me to map things in my mind and remember where things were and where I had gone. Um, I still had to look at the map a lot because it is a confusing map. One of the things that is really bad about this game, that I, I still don't fucking understand why they did it, when you move a map around, right, your thought is that the left stick is the one where you kind of move around and see what it looks like, and the right stick is rotation. For some fucking reason, Metro Prime Remastered, even all these years later, decides that the right stick is the one where you look around, and the left stick is the one where you rotate the map? I'm absolutely baffled by this decision. There's no way to change it. Like, it is the most backwards-ass thing I've ever seen, but for some reason they decided that was what they were going to leave in there. Don't tell me that's your biggest issue with the game. No, it's not. That's not my biggest issue. That, That was just an annoying where i was like are you fucking serious it's 2023 why are we doing backwards stick controls in this day and age and there's no way to change it and to some degree i think there is a there's definitely a core to this remaster that is very much like it's like what nintendo did with Link's awakening right where it's like we are gonna just make this how it was and we are gonna provide some quality of life things right but ultimately we're gonna make it so that there are fundamental issues that we're not yeah. going to change we're not because changing we just... the actual mechanic of yeah. the, the frustration of the mechanic you had we'll just polish it exactly we'll just make it shinier Shiny. but we'll still leave it as it was definitely um so yeah that that whole thing i still i yeah I, I, basically i was saying that yeah i'm looking at the map a lot because you i still forget like okay what room did i am it. i supposed yeah. to go to um, it's, it's a lot to take in it's a lot to take in but it's interesting because there is a lot of linearity to metroid prime in some ways like and you learn rooms some better than others and you're like right that leads to here this goes to here and then you can go through like maybe four or five rooms before you go oh wait now let me check my map and just kind of make sure i'm going the right way because you yeah you reach a room that looks a bit can't remember which door goes where exactly and there's some rooms there's this one room in magma caverns i remember that's a big open space uh and you'll probably remember it. it has like four different exits to it and there's this central kind of thing in the middle this island and on top of it is like a installation yeah. with like a computer terminal and stuff like that there are four entrances and each one goes to a completely different elevator or direction or whatever and i every time no matter how many times i went into that room i always had to check my map to be like right can i make sure i'm going in the right direction this time there are often times where i just started in the wrong direction i was like fuck and then i realized it too late and then i went all the way back through um so there's definitely a little bit of that learning curves even throughout the game even as much as you memorize stuff it still gets a little bit tricky to uh to recall everything to mind but magma caverns itself is like an interesting area because it's basically just a straight line. Like, you look at the map for Magmore Cavern, it's like, this is just a straight line, and it's basically a conduit to other places. It's a place you get to from Chozo Ruins, but it's a place to go to Fendrana Drifts. Right, yeah. And so, the only way to get to Fendrana Drifts is you have to go through Magmore Caverns. And I think the first half of the game works really nicely because the core of Metroid, right, the reason why I love it so much, in some ways, but there's, there's also other reasons, right, is it is a 
exploration focused experience enemies are there but enemies are are kind of a means to an end they're not the focus they're not the thing that you should be worried about and this game definitely understands that to some degree where you know enemies are very much a puzzle to be solved of like okay how do i beat them okay there's these ice guys they have these things on their back i have to get around the back of them shoot a couple of missiles blow up their back and they're gone right um there's not a huge amount of challenge to regular enemies but they can get annoying at points and you just want to make sure you understand it's about getting past them with taking as little damage as possible exactly yeah it's about as as management of that stuff um and i would argue that in metro prime enemies are a bit too spongy you know there's something about 2d metroid where you can Bing, 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 blast through enemies. You can run past them easily. Mm, you can the get power through ramp them. Up feels there's a, there, yeah, definitely different. the back half of, of 2D Metroid. But even in the regular flow of 2D Metroid, enemies never take that long to defeat. They take a couple of blasts and they're gone. And you run past them and you collect the health pickup and off you go. Here you do have to, and I think there's less enemies in Metro Prime because you enter a room and it's like, yeah. okay, here's two Shigoths, right? And you're like, okay, uh, Shigoth's the big one, I think. The, the small one, the small ice guys. There's two of them. Just spend a couple of minutes beating them and then you can move on and it's not more than that so it's it's okay uh, and they do respawn but it only happens once you've got past a certain number of rooms and then come back to it um, and by that point you can kind of bypass them if you want but usually the first time you go into a room you want to explore the room and so the purpose is take out the enemies in the room first to give you give yourself the, the space to explore that room mm-hmm. uh, and so you do want to take them out the first time so I think that is um, that's definitely a, a cool thing, and the thing that it does understand, right, is that exploration sense of going to new places, finding things, being logging things in your head of like, well, I'll need an upgrade for that next time. The very the one that really frustrated me the most was the fucking grappling hook because you literally don't get it until the very it's like the last upgrade you get, and yet it is one of the first ones they show you in the opening tutorial where they're like in, on the space frigate, you have to use it to escape, and you're like, you know how to use it, you know what those points look like, and you keep seeing them, and you see them quite early. There's a room in Mag- more caverns where you see these two grappling hooks i'm like i must be getting them soon because it's showing it to me and you don't fucking get the grappling hook until like so close to the end of the game that's one of those things that drove me a little bit insane i was like where is the fucking grappling hook uh and i couldn't get it for a while but um but it is that kind of mental logbook of like okay what have i what have i got what am i going and it, it then also does do the super metroid thing where it's like okay you have this new item now think about where in the world you could use that and i think for the most part that works quite well um the one that i did have to look up was the boost ball because i was like where the fuck the morph ball where yeah you boost in the half pipe I yeah love you boost that. in the half That's pipe so cool but the problem is you get the boost ball in fendrana drifts you then have to go back up to talon overworld which means yeah, yeah. going back through Magma caverns going all the way back through chozo ruins going back to talon overworld to find that one boost ball and then you have to go all the way back to fendrana drift so even early on in the game you are going you are doing a long kind of journey back and forth They're like um map um markers as it were you can like put, yeah there's some setting you can be like tell me where to go next and i think you it'll point you back to that half pipe if you have that set up in the game i can't remember if i did or not yeah or if you don't know where you're going basically but um it, it's not a i don't think it's a setting the game just does it eventually it's one of those um it's one of those you've been playing for half an hour <laughs> let's just put a thing on your map type of thing right and i think part of that was a band-aid to the problem of traversal of getting through the world which mm. i'll get into in a bit but but um but yeah that first i think that first part of the game is so fucking good because it really just gets that sense of wonder and exploration and learning a space and slowly scanning things and figuring things out the atmosphere is just peak atmosphere it's really really good 
and eventually i think you get to the power bombs and once you get the power bombs that's the point at which the game flips from okay i know where i have to go to explore to there are like six things you can do now including the chozo artifacts off you go just kind of figure it out for yourself and the problem with that is that by this point you have the phase on mines Drift, and ultimately it's really interesting because super metroid is very similar in terms of there's only like four spaces in the entire world they just keep expanding as you revisit them and adding new locations because mm. you have new powers to get to new locations so there are really only four spaces right in the entire um, m- map but those just keep expanding and expanding and you have elevators to get between them but ultimately there's no fast travel there's no way to get around quickly and so here are my two big flaws with metro prime and it's really the back half of the game number one the enemies start becoming really spongy and they respawn often every time you go to the elder room the elder's room where you have the three ball slots the chozo ghost ghost stone toad you know uh that's a a fucking shout out to nintendo capri son um the that room every time you enter it three chozo ghosts i know every time i agree it's stupid it's terrible and it's fine because when you're not engaging with that room when you don't have to do anything you just run past them it's fine so you do get used to that but like the back half of the game you never feel that power ramp because even after you get the plasma beam those fucking specific color enemies of like i'm a purple enemy so you have to use a wave beam on me i'm a white enemy you have to use ice beam on me there's never that sense of power on the way back through those places because you still have to use those. And those enemies, they take like two and a half charge hits to kill. Mm. It's a lot of damage they have to take to go down. And so when you're going through that, there's this one section in phase on mines near the beginning where it's like these three floors and you go straight corridor and then you turn a corner, another straight corridor, turn a corner, another straight corridor. It's like four straight corridors going up slowly this ramp and they drop two enemies per corridor on you and it is just a bit of a slog every time you go through it and because you have to go down to phase on mines you realize oh i can't get anywhere because i don't have the x-ray visor go all the way back up phase on mines get the x-ray visor come all the way back and going to the bottom of phase on mine to talent overworld that journey it takes fucking forever it takes so long and so it's this combination of they start throwing way more enemies at you that is really necessary it becomes more of an action game which i argue is the weakness of metro prime i agree the action is weak for standard enemies but i think the the bosses are very good the bosses are cool but the the standard enemies the problem is you you go past so many of them because that phase on mine section is just full of them it's fucking chock full of enemies yeah and if it had a warp point you wouldn't even have to face all these enemies every single time exactly you could just walk between it's the quickest easiest fix they did it for uh, samus returns dread has a warp system am2r has an entire uh you know fast travel system it's such an easy fix but i think because again going back to this whole link's awakening thing it's a remaster that they don't want to touch any of the core mechanics of the game they wanted to leave it as it is and i think that is for better and worse right because for better it means that you do get to experience what the game was like back then Mm -hmm. but it is a lesser experience i would say metro prime is not a flawless perfect masterpiece where a lot of people say the back half of the game is kind of terrible in a lot of ways and i still i really enjoyed the game because i just really fundamentally enjoyed what i was doing and i wanted to get through i wanted to see it but that back half really did push back against all the hugely positive feelings i had from the first half of it um so like 
you know, the, the thing that defines 2D Metroid is the back half of that game, you have the screw attack and the speed booster. And what both of those achieve is a devastation for killing enemies quickly and a speed with which you can just rapidly get through the world. So even in a game like Fusion, where there is no fast travel system, it takes so little time to get from place to place versus the plodding, slow, you never get a movement upgrade in the whole Fusion's of Metroid Prime. map also has like a very distinct this elevator takes you down yeah. here and then there's mm-hmm. like that middle area with all the different elevators where yes metroid prime almost has like two worlds or some or areas it has bang. a nested it's a nested it's a middle, nested situation yeah. you can't get to fendrana drift without going through magmore caverns there's right. no way to do it basically exactly. right um so like you are i got very familiar with the straight lines of that's why it stuck it stood out to me so much of magmore caverns is you go through that fucking straight line like 15 times so many times throughout the game looking for chozo artifacts or going for other things and like i think that is the another issue is the chozo artifact hunt at the very end is like Mm -hmm. i wish that there was an easier way to have that traversal just for that because that involved traversing the whole world and to some degree you have to go down you have to face the omega pirate to get the phase on suit to get some of the chozo artifacts did you get any along the way no i actually i got so the first one i got i think might be the first one they intend you to get which is you go into this room and you use a power bomb to blow it up and it explodes into this like huge open area and it's like a waterfally kind of like lush area and you do a puzzle on the ground where you blow up a little circle and what ends up happening is that it raises a little thing in the middle and it shows an artifact appears in the little circle um right. and so that was the first one i got and then I had a second one somewhere else. So I got two naturally, I think, before I decided I'm going to go and do the actual hunt. Another um, eight of them? There's 12 total, so 12. 10 others. Wow. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of stuff. Yeah. And so I kind of paired that with my uh, X-ray visor and plasma beam stuff. So I needed to get both X-ray visor and plasma beam still. So I went after those alongside trying to do Chozo artifacts at the same time. But again, you can't do certain Chozo artifacts until you have the Phazon suit. So I did all of that before I got to the Omega Pirate, who is the boss at the bottom of the Phazon Mines. And then once I did him, I had to backtrack through Phazon Mines to go and get another artifact and then go all the way back up to the top to Phazon Mines to get the last yeah. one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I do. I think that the back half of this game could be so easily fixed and literally the only thing you'd need to do is to include a warp point system where you could just fast travel and you know i don't think that fixes the enemy problem i think the enemy problem to some degree is also a like we want to ramp up the challenge of the game which i kind of get i kind of understand that competing Um, in that moment against like halo so if you have yeah enemies that aren't that spongy people right oh it's a baby game exactly there's, there's a weird competitiveness with that game i think so games are so different but. yeah it's, it's it's a sign of the times that era it was built in i think for yes. sure that that's the direction they went in i think if they were to make metro prime today they wouldn't have done that i don't think it would make sense to i think it's a stronger game without that kind of hellish push to some degree i appreciated it because there were those moments of pure tension where i'm like it's been a fucking while since a save point i have two energy mm. tanks left yeah, I, yeah. I need to get to that fucking save room as soon as possible and i need to turtle my way through this do a bally yeah. and like just make sure i don't die i enjoy that feeling in metroid personally yes. it's like yeah. kind of one of the few series where i don't mind that tension as much mm-hmm. Um, yeah. it works nicely both in the 3d and 2d game especially because i think so much of your first time traversing an area is figuring it out and so once you've done that 
you can more easily once you've died you'll be like oh i can get back there faster because i know what i'm doing now. i know what enemies are going to pop up and if you've spent a long time using the scan visor to scan everything this time you can just scan them and not read it because you've already read it right so like there's that benefit to it of going back through another time if you do die but you know there is a real satisfaction of being like oh i fucking had one energy tank left and i got to the save room and now it just feels so good to be back at full health you know um which is another thing where i was like oh should they have added like an auto save thing to metro prime and then i was like no i don't think it works i don't think it makes sense especially because there are points of frustration where you'll go down to an area and you'll be like can't fucking get through this area because i don't have the thing yet and that happened to me in the underwater section before i had the gravity suits i didn't have the gravity suit. i went into the underwater section got to a point where the game was like don't have the upgrade to get past here and i had to slowly go all the way back up through that water section slowly uh platforming my way back to the top and it's a really tall uh, kind of pillar area and um there's kind of part of the joy of metroid is that but i think the problem is because you are so slow and you have to go through certain areas to get to other certain areas there's another way they could fix this is just faster elevators or easier quicker elevators right so like having elevators mm. what was the loading time like on those elevators oh they were totally fine pretty quick i mean just as quick as gamecube really you know like it does the whole door thing where you shoot a door and it takes a couple of seconds and opens because it's loading the area um yeah but yeah i think generally that stuff's fine but imagine if uh, at your ship you had a fendrana drifts lift available as well as a phase on mines lift available yes like that would just make yeah. things so much more seamless or you and... unlock it in the final two hours or right something. exactly so that you can make that last yeah trek through to get the chozo artifacts so much easier um, does the game even need the chozo artifacts I, I don't i argue it doesn't i argue it's yeah. padding and honestly i think this is a stronger eight hour game than a 12 hour game because ultimately it took me 12 hours to finish yeah. the whole thing yeah. um and and yeah like that the thing is the, the game makes you go through these areas enough already before doing the chozo artifact but the, by the time you're doing that that chase all of those areas feel really just i'm just going through the motions which was nice in some ways because i was like well this is the perfect time for me to just put on a podcast and just do this last bit of the game yeah. i don't have to have my headphones in for the atmosphere i've already absorbed that did you use a guide or did you find i use more? a guide yeah, yeah like right. and, and that's what you said as well when i listened yeah. back to our episode you just use a guide because like it, doing this without a guide just using the uh, the tips here's another thing apparently if you just use the tips they only give you like two at a time and so you have to do two go and get them come back to the room get another two tips go out like what a, I, I get it like it's, you are not going to find a shortcut to our game no, no matter what exactly you have to play it for 12 hours like, exactly not a it, way around it, it feels yeah. like padding in the most unnecessary way yeah. and i really do come down on this much harder than wind waker especially because wind waker hd addressed the issue and made it so much easier because the yeah, good swift comparison. sale yeah. like they could have gone in here and made it so much smoother this is way worse than the triforce hunt from wind waker way way worse and it's because wind waker has also got fast travel like you yes can, exactly although- the world is way bigger they're still yeah. fast travel yeah but but i mean the triforce hunt is very much like look at a map and be like oh that's the point i can fast travel close to there and just go get it like it's exactly. very quick there's no enemies in the way I, I enjoy the triforce hunt i will defend that actually i i it's the the chozo rune chozo artifact story is tougher yeah. It is way worse, yeah. Um, all that said, again, <laughs> shitting on a bunch of the back half of this game, I still think that this game fundamentally really does understand what Metroid is and is a great conversion from 2D to 3D. Um, and That's what's so great about it, I agree. Like that is, yeah. This is Super Metroid 3D. It is, exactly. It really is. Yeah. 
uh, in so many ways structurally like you even start in a separate area that then you fight a tutorial boss that then yeah, blows up and you the go down the planet gambit, right and then it's it's a similar thing actually in super metroid of it it's not linear but you know generally where you're going and it kind of like locks you off in some ways and then in the back half of super metroid it's like well okay now i have more stuff where do i go it's a bit more open it feels like mm. and it feels like they try to replicate that structure but again with super metroid there's the speed booster there's other ways of getting around quicker it's just so much easier in a 2d game to go past enemies to kill them with screw attacks to traverse areas and not having that stuff in metro prime means the back half really suffers from it and i think a full-blown metro prime remake that fixes all those issues and addresses all that that stuff is legitimately a complete and utter masterpiece right because Mm. it it understands everything at that point that is wrong and and really really does get it so um the bosses i thought were cool i still think again they have the retro retro studios problem of we're gonna do 20 animations you can't hit us okay here's the three second window you can hit us okay now Mm. 20 more animations it's very much the donkey kong country (laughs) approach to boss design Um, what was the toughest fight for you oh the fucking omega pirate by far that was mine was ridley by far Ridley, I was all right. I, I beat Ridley first time. I was reading online a bunch of stuff about Ridley, and people were like, Ridley's bullshit. I hate him. He's terrible. Um, and I didn't have much trouble with Ridley, maybe because I read... You're always good on the whole energy tank missile front with Metroid Yeah, games. I Remember, had... I'm like, I'm like fighting these bosses with my hands tied behind my back. I want to guess how many fucking energy tanks you had by the end of the game, because I had every single one except for one. There's oh, one Jesus. So you must have found Metroid Prime pimps. Uh, no, I mean, I definitely, I died once, which was to the okay. Omega Pirate. I didn't die. I really like that Metroid Prime fight at yeah. the end. Yeah, I mean, again, I think the bosses have that kind of pattern thing to them where they have, you have to hit me during this phase to then do damage, right? And that's the kind of thing. And the Omega Pirate fight for me was a pain because because of my least favorite, I think my least favorite enemies in this game are the specific colored enemies that you have to use that beam on. Same with the Metroids at the end, like the specific colored, the fission Metroids where you hit them, they split into two different colored ones right at the end. Oh my God, those right. are a nightmare. So I ran past them. But that's of what the whole Metroid Prime fight at the end is about. It's all exactly. I think the Metroid Prime there. fight is good though. I do like that right. because it is focusing on one target and you're just doing that but the specific the omega pirate fight is a bullshit because you're fighting a big guy and then he spawns three fucking enemies every phase every time you damage him in his invisible phase um with the visor he spawns three other enemies that you have to take out at the same time and it's just a lot to deal with and Mm. it's assaulting like you said it's very hard not to get hit by those guys and so you always will take some kind of damage from them so it's a big kind of deal dealing with those so i died on him once and i was like oh god this guy's a pain in the ass thankfully managed to do it um the really interesting thing i found about this game missiles do not matter that much um there's really i was gonna say i needed them a lot for ridley no and that maybe that's why you struggled on ridley because it's, oh. it's really ineffective using missiles because missiles do a set amount of damage a short amount of damage and they also here's the big difference between 2d and 3d metroid the boss fights in 2d metroid the what reason why i love them is like the ridley fight in fusion you just fucking spam missile you can do 300 missiles in like a minute there's those windows you can do disproportionate damage exactly right. and you can just do whatever you want and you can you can just jam your button and do so many missiles the 
you know, Metro Prime has such a care and attention for animation and detail, but I think that comes at the cost of playability in some senses, where you shoot a missile... You want that Mega Man style. Yeah, exactly, where you shoot a missile and go, and it spins the thing and comes back, does a nice animation, spins the thing, comes out. You can't spam missiles one after the other to do loads of big damage. You can do two missiles within, like, a sequence of an enemy opening itself up to you, and then when you switch back to a gun as well, it has to do the whole transforming animation, so it takes, like, one and a half seconds to go back to a plasma beam or an ice beam and so i found myself in situations where i would ice beam like a flying pirate in the air which feels so good after fighting those fucking flying pirates and then you finally get the ice beam and you just ice beam them and then missile them holy shit that's a great feeling um but you would ice beam them and you'd be like oh okay with two seconds let me get the missile now the missile's loaded boom there goes the missile so there's yeah. this real lag versus the 2d games where it's like spam 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 spam, and you can absolutely fucking spam very it. very different pace isn't it yeah um, it's a totally different pace yeah and i think that's you know that that works for metro prime um that's how it's built but um i found that i ne- at the end of the game i had like 150 missiles i was not using any of them on these boss fights because the boss fights were so much more susceptible to charged shots so the omega pirate i could get rid of his armor much faster by just using plasma beam charge shots to destroy each piece as opposed to spamming missiles um mm. and there's definitely a benefit to missiles i think because charge beam when he does his move where he holds his hand out and absorbs stuff then you can't use the charge beam and missiles you can use um but there is i i found myself going to that much more especially because you're constantly changing beams for the regular enemies that pop up with all the different colors um and i think on this version with the twin stick controls switching beams is a little bit more of a fuss because you have to hold down a button and then press the d-pad whereas on the gamecube controller the c stick was the beams and the d-pad was the visors so you could quickly switch between them you didn't have to hold another thing whereas on this version the d-pad by default is the visors and then you have to hold x and then use the d-pad to switch beams so there's an additional layer to switching every time so it gets a little bit complicated um switching between visors and beams especially the final metro prime fight you know just switching uh, visors constantly and beams constantly um but i did enjoy it and you know i i think at the end of the day the biggest problem is sponginess across the board like the end game bosses don't need to be that spongy you do those phases far more times than you need to um and same with end game enemies but like i think that is the biggest kind of thing i can levy against it because otherwise i again even during those sequences where i was having a tough time and i was like oh gosh this is a little bit of a slog at the back half it's all i could think about was going back and finishing the game um which i think Mm. says a lot about it and its compulsion and the kind of design of it um and yeah i think it i think it's tremendous it's a it's a really good game and um and I don't think I would have thought that had I played it all the way through on GameCube or had I played it all the way through on Wii because the controller frustrations alongside the mounting frustrations of the end game would have fully soured me on it. But because it was so easy to control and so easy to engage with from a combat perspective, I think, Bali, you would have had a much easier time playing this with this version as your first version, even yeah. back in the day, because the ease of just moving around, looking at things in the environment, like you don't have to stop and look, you can move and look. And that is such a freeing thing that I honestly remastered is the game I would go to bat for on a list. I would not go to bat for the original or all mm-hmm. the trilogy version remastered is the version I would go to bat for because of all these things that they do control wise and visual wise in order to enhance it. And again, I wish they had upgraded it more to make that back half better. But um, but otherwise, I, I, I think it uh, how it works. One thing you've not talked about much, but I really love about Metroid Prime are 
morph ball and like yes, morph ball yeah. puzzles how did mm-hmm. you find those like 3d morph ball puzzles and things yeah i, I thought they were really cool i like the spider ball stuff a lot um mm. it's super satisfying it there's some rooms so visually nice yes it? and there's this real nice thing of like you let go of the button and then press it again where you drop that from magnet, one track to yeah. another the magnet the magnetic nature of it is really nice um uh, my favorite ones were the bomb jumps because I'm a big bomb jump boy. I've always done that in the 2D games. And so, yeah. again, bringing back the bomb jump, making sure that you know the timing. Pretty tough to time, I find, in the 3D games. But yeah, when, definitely. Once There's... you get there, it's just, you've got mm-hmm. it. I think that's one of the things that gave me a bit of a benefit early on is that I got a couple of energy tanks early because I'm like, I know how to bomb jump so I can get these early. Um, mm. And that was really nice to do those multiple sections where, especially some of the later ones where you fuck up once and you have to go and retry again because you blow up a little thing beneath you. But I got the timing down and I managed to do it like second time one of those energy tank ones i was like oh man this feels really good to know the timing of the bomb jump and to get an energy tank as a reward felt really good so yeah that that was really great stuff and yeah i i got i think by the end of the game i had three energy tanks that i didn't have and so i looked up where the rest were and i got two of the three that were remaining the third one again this is a big problem with traversal the third one was in the second level of the phase on mines and it was so far away i was like oh that's just such an effort to go all the way there so i didn't bother so i I ended the game with one less energy tank than full but i didn't in the end i was okay i finished the final metro prime fight with i think five energy tanks remaining and the ridley fight i still had six remaining i think after Mm. ridley so i was okay with both of those fights they were definitely challenging but again the challenge came from how long can you stay alive versus you know anything else because it was a it's a battle of attrition with both of those fights it's just like okay stand in the phase on how much do i do continue just jump out of the way of the thing um it eventually becomes you know just a exercise in just waiting them out essentially of right, their moves right. and then eventually getting to attack them which you know i i prefer other types of boss battles but i still like the spectacle of these i think the spectacle is really nice you know there's some really mm. cool stuff especially mm. with the cutscenes. some of the screenshots i took in this game were just like holy shit this game looks fucking really good uh yeah. in the cutscenes. and i also was very thankful that there's no escape sequence at the end because like don't give me a fucking escape sequence after all that after that entire like metroid segment and the the metro prime the two phase boss fight in metro prime i was like i'm a little exhausted now can i just get a cutscene and finish the game and that's exactly what it does so um very nice. very pleased that it did well it, so. i am super pleased i think the yeah. podcast has waited for this moment for quite some time <laughs> yeah you, you know it could have fallen on any, any side of history really so and you know i i did i always have stood by like metro prime's design like the pacing the exploration and mm-hmm. i i agree with your your issues with it. i do i do think like backtracking especially with the um the collecting at the end is not yeah. fun and yeah I, I also like respawning enemies and you're right this game isn't at its best when it's an action game it's at its best when it's doing the slower paced yeah exploration and i guess it's on to metro prime 2 then oh fuck me no <laughs> well here's the thing i <laughs> i've not heard good things about metro prime 2 and i have tried to play it before obviously and i know you played it and probably enjoyed it less than the first game overall yeah i think that's um, fair it's it's the longer harder yeah. darker version is how i remember it, it but yeah um, and like after the end of prime i'm like i don't really want harder or darker than that you know like i just i'm fine i'm content with what that was i think um, people were a little more fond of three when that did come around i've played like the first five hours of that i've heard three is a bit more of a it's less of a metroidvania in it's a, a sense more um it's a lot more linear a lot, a lot more, more let's show off the Wiimote 
It's got voice actual... acting for fuck's sake. Voice it's acting. like one of the only Wii games that had that for Nintendo, yeah. which is kind of crazy. Um, and yeah, obviously the controls are built around it with the nunchuck, like pulling things out of, right. you know, uh, <laughs> walls and that kind of thing. Like a grapple beam, I think, is used with that in some ways. So yeah, yeah I, I would like, again, like I, I really, I don't think it's going to happen, but if they do remaster two and three, they're likely just going to be the exact same game. They're not going to make any changes. And I think man these games could be just elevated that one step further if they just went in there and just tweaked some stuff and they definitely did for two actually what they did was for two because of the original two on gamecube i remember greg Leahy talking about it on rfn the original two has some real bullshit in terms of its boss fights and health pools and stuff like that and how hard they are and the trilogy version of two actually tones that down quite a bit so it's actually a lot easier the trilogy version of two so they bring it out probably based on that version which will be a bit more approachable i guess overall but um but yeah i i think the thing that this has really done is just made me more excited for metro prime 4 really because Mm. i feel like metro prime 4 is going to be more in the vein of prime 1 and super metroid because it feels like a reset point it feels like okay we're coming back to this thing let's fundamentally take the ideas and the exploration and the stuff from one and let's just build on that and i think them working on this as a base while they're also working on four is a really good indication of where their heads are going to be at for creating metro prime four right because they now have replayed this and probably understand a lot of the issues that fundamentally we have with the game right as well i'm sure they're you know smart people over at retro they they look at that and they're like okay for the era this was fine but we've got to approach this differently when it comes to a brand new game in 2025 or whenever the fuck it comes out um so i am a lot more interested and excited for prime four at this point in time um, and definitely awesome. will be playing it when it comes out so um, but i don't know what can be said about two and three we'll see um we'll wow. see what happens with those so wow I'm, anyway uh, i have I'm now stunned. shattered this is the first bombshell of 2024 apologies for <laughs> what a way uh, to start the year blowing everybody's mind but um but yeah it's metro prime um, remastered it's a good video game <laughs> well so. i've been playing my game trade game, Sonic yes, Mania. I'm have. like six or seven worlds, in, not called worlds, they're called zones. zones. Yeah. And then they have two acts per zone, I guess. Uh-huh. So I'm like six zones. And I think I'm stuck on the seventh zone. I've failed a few times, but I'll I'll get there. Um, mm-hmm. I think the only experience I've had with like 2D Sonic previously is like the first Game Boy Advance game, I want to say. And like, I do enjoy that game. I, I, I think it's pretty good. But I, I think this game is going for a lot of those mechanics but then is going for a much more retro look like this game feel looks a lot older yeah uh, and i think the thing that's pleasantly surprised me the most so far is honestly the bosses like there's just yeah. this really nice variety and i think it's like maybe even the second zone one of them's like a puyo puyo fight against uh-huh. dr eggman it's like this is awesome right you just you fall into a little uh side scrolling and uh, not side scroll it's just like the um the exact setup for that kind of Tetris-style game. And you're just playing Pio Pio against Eggman, and that's how you win, is just beating him in a game of that, and that's the boss fight. So creative. It's so nice. And, like, I think that the the other thing that's pleased me is kind of, like, the new mechanics on certain stages. So you kind of do the first world, the first zone, I should say, which is, like, Green Hill Zone, and then you do the chemical plant, and then you do, like, the casino. You've kind of seen these places before in Mm Sonic games. But then you kind of go to, like, this east asian grassy but also kind of rainy watery area and it's a real tone change for levels i've seen in sonic and it feels mm. really fresh like one of the mechanics is like 
these enemies that you bounce on and it creates vines and you use the you platform up the vines to get to the next area it's right. just like these little puzzly ways of progressing through the level and i think that that freshness combined with the boss fights and a lot of the boss fights like i'm on metal metal i was gonna say metal mario that'd be that'd be uh-huh. that would be wild um, yeah <laughs> metal sonic on like stage seven and i've struggled a few times but yeah it's kind of it's, it feels a lot more cinematic and quite mm. impressive and it, actually this game actually reminds me a lot more of freedom planet where yeah that game is taking sonic but then they kind of put a bit more energy into story and cinematic. I'm not saying Sonic Mania has any story. It doesn't. No, no. Freedom Planet has a ton of story in comparison, but they kind of want to have slightly more cinematic, impactful bosses at the end of levels, and I did enjoy that about Freedom Planet. And that's what I think Sonic Mania does really well. Like, it's just these... You kind of get to the end level, and you're really looking forward to, like, oh, wonder what this boss is going to be. Yeah. Um, but the game is really hard. Like, yes. the bosses in and of themselves are pretty challenging now they're not so challenging that you're like wow i'm never going to beat this game but what makes it so damn hard is the live system uh-huh. so there's, there's two acts per zone if you game over it you go back to the start of the zone so if you are oh fit- shit you go back to the first level I, I didn't remember that yes yes um so if you struggle i believe you do go back to the start of the zone hmm i need to check that i'm sure yeah. it's the start of the zone that seems but, super um, punishing i don't remember feels, it being that bad but it, yeah i i felt it, it is just so punishing because you you often the first boss might be easy so there's a boss at the end of every act so the end of act one you beat a boss you go into the second level you get to the end of act two there's also a boss if that boss is really difficult like metal sonic is for me if I fail that boss, I then have to go back and do two levels just to get there. And some of these levels, it's a, it's kind of the, the Sonic thing. If you find the right route, you can do the level in like three minutes. But most of the routes often take six, seven, sometimes eight minutes. Like they, they're they not the fastest levels. And if you take the, 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 it's like a real maze kind of like, that's the kind of the Sonic thing. It's that it's just like this weird you could do this, it links there, and that kind of shoots you out there. And that all, all of a sudden, you're at the end of the level, boom. I have no idea how I got here, and there's no way I can replicate that perfectly every time because it's so difficult to remember. Mm. Um, so, yeah, the live system just really, really sucks. Like, it's just so... Like, Sonic Mania is kind of celebrating we'll do retro Sonic, but in a modern context. Well, part of a modern context is to have a live system that is not so punishing as something that's retro you know like it would, mm-hmm. be, would have been so nice if they just had a toggle like you could just have a classic mode or a modern mode like unless just have the modern mode where maybe there's no lives or maybe game overs lead to restarting yeah. the boss fight or you know like it's just because there are checkpoints just before the boss but those checkpoints are just for th- that set of lives like so yeah. it's not I, I think the way that i got around this and this tends to happen in lots of classic mario and sonic games is there's always an area where you can just grind out to 99 lives and i think what i did was i just found an area and i grinded 99 lives and then i just didn't have a problem again in the rest of the game i would really? say if this continues to be an issue just look up on youtube how to get 90, infinite lives in sonic mania and just do that and then you just won't have to worry about it ever again um because that mm. i think again this is how games used to be and i think it's kind of a callback to that in a sense and it's you know going against some of the modern design that sonic mania brings but it still has that thing of like well you can get 99 lives you just have to find this one spot in the game that we put this place where you can just endlessly farm enemies to get that many lives basically yeah um, it's, so 
I need to do that because it's it's yeah. really brutal. I, I, I'm it will this. make your time with the game so much better. I think. Yeah, just, no, totally. Just seeking totally. that out, essentially. Yeah, it's um, just such a shame that I have to go and do that and and whatever. And yeah, I I do also think finding ninety nine coins feels kind of harder than nine. Sorry, ninety nine rings is harder yeah. than ninety nine coins, a hundred coins. And yeah, Mario, especially because feels... you lose them every time that you get hit, right? Yeah, so exactly. Just... Like it's it's tough. Like and fundamentally. 2d platforming and sonic i don't think is like that fun like i think that mm-hmm. puzzling through these levels is cool but having played a game like mario wonder i'm like oh actually mario's really <laughs> change your perspective I need to give that guy bit. more credit but like yeah because sonic you're running fast and you cannot see what's coming and there's no way you can jump you're jumping best on based on guesswork not necessarily jumping because you think right this is a good time to jump so often a lot of the solving of progressing through the level is done at a walking speed it's not done at a fast speed like you are there are nice little uh, thrills where you defeat an enemy you get get on the speed boost you go around a couple of loops you get some coins and then boom you're into the next kind of pseudo puzzle area defeat these enemies progress so like I, I don't think Sonic is a strong 2D platforming like series. It's mm-hmm. just not. It just does not tick my boxes for what I like. I like yeah. this game enough. Like I yes. think the bosses are cool. Like I said, they're really creative. I've obviously obviously said my piece about the live system, but like, I I if like Sonic Mania Two comes out, like I'm not that excited for mm-hmm. it to be honest. Like it's yeah. just not really my cup of tea. But I'm glad I'm playing it. I will. I'll beat this game for next time and like um. Sadly, it's not quite the echelons of your time with Metroid Prime. MZ, sure, but, yeah. But I'm, I'm glad I played it. And, you know, I think, I think it is a good game trade pick. Yeah, for sure. I, th- I think um, I definitely had those criticism concerns back when I played it as well, the live system. And the, sometimes you get to a boss and it's like, it's just, oh man, this is really difficult. And I wish that I had a way to get around this that wasn't just playing through the level again in order to have another shot at it, which just feels old. I think for me, the thing that, made it stand up is what you were talking about is that fresh kind of set of mechanics that they throw in here that makes it feel like oh here's a here's a direction sonic can go in that is different from before Mm. and the way the levels were built i believe is that the zone or act one of a zone is always a bit more traditional to what that original sonic level was like right and act two throws in new mechanics from the team this kind of fan team who had built the game basically yeah Um, and like I remembered stuff with the ice level and I looked back at it again. I was like, oh, right. Sonic gets frozen in an ice block and you see him in this like frozen state with this really funny animation. Yeah, that stuff's cool. Um, like, and then he slides around and like you smash the ice block and you get out of it. Like all that stuff, all those little touches for me made it a bit more surprising, I would say, I think. And that's kind of why I latched onto it. I was like, wow, this is a, this is a much better Sonic game than any of the others that I've played. And um, yeah, I still, I agree with you. I think Sonic still has fundamental issues, just fundamental to Sonic as a thing. But I, I thought that this was the best that it had been done in the past. And certainly if you're going to play any Sonic game, this is the one to play really. So, um, you know, if, if, if you come out of this experience being like, that was cool, uh, but I, I don't need to play any Sonic games, you're probably correct. You probably don't need to play any more Sonic games. Yeah. Um, so yeah, anyway, it's cool. And yeah, I'll finish it for next time. But, MBZ, you mm-hmm. just showered some praise. One of my favorite games of all time. You've now play, played and beaten another favorite game of all time for me. Uh-huh. Um, 
What is the official MBZ take on Octopath Traveler 2? Octopath Traveler 2, yeah. Uh, so I did. I um, Last time we spoke was on our Game of the Year episode, uh, where I had played 61 hours. Um, I have now... And you were like, these stories aren't coming together. Uh-huh. I don't like th- that aspect. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I have now played 81 hours. So I played 20 <laughs> hours, and I finished the game. So I, I went through all the final chapters did the last thing the last kind of uh everyone comes together to fight the big bad evil um and fought that boss and uh it was challenging it was good stuff it was, it was a really good fight very cool mechanically um i went around the world and just made sure i had everything i needed from hikari's different moves to ochet's different monsters to the equipment that i thought would be most efficient to going and doing the side stuff with the tower so that i could get the conjurer class like all that stuff and honestly i think that you're gonna have a rough time at the end of this game if you don't go and do all that if i didn't have arms master or if i didn't have conjurer or if i didn't have like these good moves that i deliberately gone out to get the ones that you double hit on every enemy and i didn't have enough money to use all particios hired help all that stuff if you don't put everything into this game you're going to really struggle at the end Mm. like if you try and burn through this and just do the bare minimum and get to you know finish it in 60 hours i honestly don't know how you beat these final bosses because i felt like i had to throw everything that i had at it in order to get through and i was a little bit lower level than you overall i think my levels were more balanced but my levels were between 56 and 60 basically and you had you had one guy higher you were saying yeah but it's oswald like that doesn't you know, he's one guy and he's just going to do big damage. He still takes as much damage at level 70 as he does at level 50. He's going to die in the same amount of hits as he is, basically. Um, so, yeah, Oswald was level 72, but that's because he was always in my party. But everyone else was 55 to 60. And I think you had lots of 65s as well. I had um, four 65s, four 55s. Yeah. And I don't honestly think that level matters that much. It's more about equipment. I it's much more about game, equipment. Yeah. It's much more about what moves you have so you can manipulate the fight so you can make everything work. Um yeah, I mean, like, I, I think the, not turning point, but the thing that made me like it more was uh, there's one cutscene, there's literally one cutscene where they just it come together hard, and, and they have, like, a, a chat around the fire. And it's the first time in the entire game where there's voice-acted interactions between the characters. <laughs> and I'm like, well, this is, just make this the fucking game. Like, it's, it really um, said to me, you know, again, and we talked about this last time, it's it's not the game they're making. The game they're making is separated stories that then they kind of tie together at the end. And they do a much better job, of course, in this mm. game than they did in the previous one. But like seeing that stuff, I'm like, this is why I like RPGs. Eight characters all having relationships with each other, talking to each other, having a dynamic. And like, th- you don't have that in the rest of the game, aside from those side conversations, which you actually, it's funny, you get a lot more three-way conversations in pubs and in uh, yeah. the bars if you randomly have party members after you've completed everything not voice acted, was nice. but yeah not voice acted exactly but then I, I do think that the um some of the nice ones are uh pairing the characters after the final chapters so all of those ones those final four chapters are, are really good those are they? good fun yeah i think those work nicely and, and they set um, up like kind of what's going on with the yeah world. yeah and there's another thing that i really noticed i thought was super interesting is um there are there are two groups of characters really there's four and four four of these characters are stoic four of these characters are spunky and they get paired with each other so you get oswald with particio you get throne with temenos you get casti with ochet and you get uh, hikari with agnia and if you look at those pairings 
Four of them are the serious stoic ones with the dark backstories. Mm, right, yeah, and no, four of them wrong. are the spunky, kind of chatty, uplifting ones, which I thought was really interesting because they they find this real balance in the narratives between those different types of characters. Um, and then they pair them off with each other to create more interesting dynamics, which I thought was, was quite cool. And um, yeah, I, I think that's an interesting part of this is they, they have really tried to strike a balance in terms of the types of stories they've told across it um, and, and the different types of characters that they represent. And yeah, I did. I really enjoyed all the final chapters. I thought they were all really good um, in their different ways. Um, and some of them that I had issues with, I was like... Uh, it was probably all ties together in some way and what do you know it all because you get that sense at the end of the final chapters of everyone it's like oh this shadow thing and it's like well hikari's being overtaken by a shadow and thrown a there's stuff happening with some other person that she's related to and casty is like fighting this thing and there's a shadow and like everyone has a shadow thing involved and mm-hmm. uh obviously it's all from the same source and there's some really cool moments at the end where there's like a dungeon you go through and there's all these letters that have been left behind yeah. you start reading these letters and then you slowly realize who the letter is being written by and you're like oh shit there's yeah. some there's some cool kind of stuff that gets laid paper trail wise that that in retrospect makes you realize that the stories are more connected than you think even though yeah. they're not really yeah. they kind of are but they kind of have band-aided it on at the end and there's other characters that are doing more than in the you've realized yes. in the moment and that yeah that stuff i think is really strong yeah, it was cool it, it was neat for sure and um yeah i really enjoyed that and yeah i, I think it, it ends very strongly i um I, I wish it wasn't 81 hours. I don't think it needs to be 81 hours. I think it's a really long game. Um, but uh, but I did enjoy it a I good amount. I think you were quite and, confident uh, when I said, right, Bally did it in 95. I reckon I can do it in 60. Uh, yeah. It definitely wasn't you can, Well, that's the thing. Game. You can't speed up. I mean, you can skip dialogue. But it's, it's also, Octopath weirdly is one of those where I, I tend to just let them speak because the voice acting is quite good. Mm. Um, and I don't actually do the thing where I usually, if the voice acting is whatever, I just skip through it um, and read it faster myself. Like, Octopath, I do like it enough. It has enough charm. The characters yeah. are, are cool uh, to kind of get that across. So I do generally uh, pay attention to that stuff. So, yeah, I, I think I'm quite positive on it. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy to have it where it is on our Game of the Year list. I definitely think it deserves uh, a good spot there. So, nice. Um, Wouldn't but, it have made yeah. your personal top 10? It might have done. It might have might squeezed have. in. Like, at the, the end of the game, I was really, like, at the end of it, I was like, wow, that was great. Like, I just, I nice. felt very positive yeah. after finishing it. Um, uh, I guess in hindsight, it's more like, well, it was a long fucking way to get there. But uh, I did, way. I did like, like, the last, you know, six, seven hours of the game where you are, pushing through yeah. and doing the uh they, they did the really stuff. good job of like like i said my biggest criticism of the first game like how do the characters come together they they did that in a way a pretty good in way. a way and yeah like, it's yeah. it's probably the least they could have done but it's still at least something yeah. <laughs> so you know i appreciate that were it's there something. any stories by the end you thought that was that was a good story yeah i think they're all good stories like yeah. but that's where my where i come down very differently to you is like, like i wasn't Oswald very surprised story Oswald was fine. I, I can't even remember it now. It's if pretty I'm honest. dark like, by the end. Or I know you yeah. were hyped for Casties. Casties was cool. I think this is the thing. Like by the the time you get to the final chapters, everything is kind of you know where it's going to go. I mean, Throne is maybe the weirdest one. I just found that just yes. A, Throne is is one of the ones where there is actually like a reveal at the very 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 yeah. End and oh, I did wow, okay, I right. did not like that reveal. And then later I was like, oh okay, I get it now. But at the time I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> a bit stupid but then in context once they tell you about everything that's happened you know as a 
kind of like grand narrative at the end and i was like oh okay that does make sense mm. but at the time i was a bit i don't know i didn't really like it um and yeah i think all of them were solid they're all solid good engaging stories um they're all definitely way better than the first game by like a country mile but I, again yeah, I, I wouldn't i wasn't i wasn't blown away i wasn't like sitting here with xenoblade brain you know it wasn't it's not that level for me unfortunately um but i do think they're all really good um as as narratives so i, and I enjoyed going through all of them um maybe agnia's might be my favorite in the end honestly like i just like agnia and just the dancer story and the people mm. that she meets and all that stuff i thought that was uh that all really final nice boss um, music is incredible it's really, really good. good yeah it's really good um, and um and that final area i like there's a lot of characters where the final chapter takes you to a new area and i really like that yeah about. yeah Agnes, the, i kept Ronais. trying to figure out like how do i get to these parts of the map and it's like oh mm. they're all the final chapter basically because right, exactly. i remember reading a thing early on uh in discord of you being like how do i get to this part below throne <laughs> little did you know 80 hours later <laughs> yeah. you'd be going there you know uh which is very funny yeah uh, did you have a known. favorite location by the end of the game um like a thematic yeah place. i i liked um I, I liked a few areas i think uh, the music for some of the towns was really nice like mm. i feel like wellgrove was like my hometown in a way right. wellgrove has the department store in it after you do Particio's quest there um That's which nice. i always went there to fill up on stuff i love hikari's city like the east yeah. the japanese themed yeah hikari stuff is cool stuff um, really cool yeah i liked uh i liked some of the winter cities as well winter bloom was nice um yeah, they. I definitely. I the fact that I can say names of places, I think, is a huge step up from the first game, yeah, yeah. where I couldn't tell you anything. And I think that. Um, I think the game still has a fundamental problem with my favorite rpg thing which is like it's the dragon quest way which is you get to a new town you walk in every building you talk to every person and you open every drawer and there is no interactables in this game like you can't walk in and open a drawer or look under a bed or whatever no you just walk in and it's, it's just a room and the the character there has nothing interesting to say and they really only stand there to be stolen from or to be mugged or yeah. to whatever right the characters Incredibly in these towns side quests in this game oh t- totally and i didn't engage with the only way i engage with them is if i had to to get one the weapons for hikari's arms master thing right all right um or anything along those lines yeah actually i didn't mean those side quests i'd almost count those as almost main quests but uh, kind of yeah at least you you want to do them to get the good stuff but um i kind of stumbled into a couple where like i did end up doing like optional areas just to level some people up and um i got down to like oh there's a boss at the end of this area (laughs) yeah exactly you got down and i'm like oh shit there's a boss and i kill him and then there's this girl there and she's like oh thanks for helping me and i somehow had already started a side quest i didn't realize and had finished it accidentally basically by coming down here and doing this thing um so so yeah that definitely uh was a thing but um but yeah uh i overall really enjoyed it and yeah it's a great finale uh really comes together nicely you would be up for octopath three it depends what they do with it if it's another 80 hour thing that does the same thing oh it's going to be 80 hours that's not that's yeah not no i know but it but if they if they continue to do the thing where they, they don't give the me the satisfaction characters. of getting people together until the end again then i don't i, don't, I probably will i'll probably because it'll probably be good but you know i don't know i think they i think you know this is a refinement and a real perfection of what they built in the first game i think the third game needs deviation i think they need to try something slightly new with it in order for me to be excited to play it because I, th- I think i'll be interested in the third game but I, I wanted to be excited and i think that means a bit more cohesion to the stories and the storytelling so um yeah we'll we'll see but i'm sure they'll make another one because this one seemed to have done well at least critically it's done well although they said they're like they're withdrawing investment in like some of their 
medium smaller sized games teams or something. Yeah. So I don't know if Octopath counts in that. I hope it doesn't. But well, um, might do. Yeah, we'll I don't know. Uh, who knows? Maybe Nintendo will come in and save it because they tend to like to do that with certain games where they're like, "Well, it's fine, Square. We'll publish Dragon Quest Nine in the US. You don't have to do anything." It's like, okay, it's very weird. Nintendo published Dragon Quest Nine in uh, America, but that sometimes happens. So we'll see. Um, uh, I should have mentioned it at the time. And I know you don't like putting remasters or remakes into your top 10. Uh-huh, yeah. Would Metroid have got in there? Good question. Uh, I probably would have put it in my goatee to Dakota, not into my... Well, that's fair. Uh, yeah. I mean, I in a hypothetical think... world that it came out new this year. Yeah, no. It's like, to, I think that's hard to compare. Cause it's... My, my line is like reimagining is things that get considered for um, Game of the Year. Like Final Fantasy VII Remake counts yeah. for Game of the Year because it's just not the same game at all. Um, so I, but Metro Prime is we we talked at length about the problems with it being the exact same game. So I think that for me always goes in my Goatee T Dakota bucket instead. Um, so I don't know, maybe look out for it next year's Goatee because it counts oh, now yeah. uh, for twenty or this. Sorry, this year's we're in twenty twenty four right now. Uh, so yeah, it counts for this year's Goatee T Dakota. So we'll see how that stays in the memory. Does Octopath also come into that category now? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think because okay. I played the majority of it up until... And we rendered a verdict on it on the show last we year. Did. So I don't think we it did. does count for me. So I would... I only played the last 20 hours in the last... I'm really uh, pleased that, like, it had a little bit of an Avengers Assemble moment that you yeah, appreciated. Definitely. And mm-hmm. um, it did something nice at the end. That's yeah, cool. it's good. It's a good game. So I enjoyed it. And uh, I'll get your copy back to you at some point. So <laughs> I'll ah, yes. make sure my parents take that back to Scotland with them. So... Um, all right, well, that's going to do us for the first segment. Don't go anywhere there because we'll be back after the break with our predictions for 2024. See you in a bit. Make more caverns. This place can get pretty rough. Make more caverns hotter than Hillary Duff. You may say that this place sucks. Well, that's your loss. Only problem really is that there's no boss. Auto defense turrets will shoot your ass down. Most of what you see will be red, orange, and brown. You win the bathroom if you think you're safe. Well, you better stop. You'll get burnt by Magmore's puffers and triclops. Magmore Caverns is the center from which all worlds can be entered. So if you're in doubt, you should come here. It's where you'll get a taste of fear. The monsters, they might bite your ear Like Tyson, whom I took last year Years and years, you'll search till you're in tears In blood and sweat to the frontier I thought I heard Peppy sneer Incoming enemy from my rear Don't you listen to that quack, he's wrong Not right, although the road is long Road to ruin Foo Fighters song and dance might make you crap your pants and that could leave you in a trance but you have got to take that chances or you won't get out alive 
<laughs> Hello everyone and welcome back to the show. It is the start of the year and that means that we're going to do some predictions. Um, as always, we look back at predictions from the previous year and if you get a prediction correct, you get a point. And then we see who's got any points whatsoever, which is rare. I reckon the record might be one and a half points. I think, points. yeah, one or one and a half one is and probably and half. the most anyone has ever scored so, in the history of this show. So. Yeah, good good luck. Um, turns out the games industry is really difficult to predict most of the time. Um, uh-huh. so yeah, I think we all... should probably institute a rule, Bally, where if we get a ridiculously insane prediction correct... We just instantly get like a hundred points, and uh, you know, then, okay, then yeah, you you just win That's everything fair. basically. Um, That's fair. Shall so. we go over yours or mine first from twenty twenty three? Uh, let's do mine. Okay, right. MBZ's predictions from twenty twenty three. First prediction: We will hear the code name for the new system in March. Then in April, in the end of year shareholders meeting, Nintendo will confirm that the new system is happening, but no further information. Yeah, we didn't get anything, did we? Didn't we? Get anything <laughs> we didn't official. get not from the horse's mouth at least. We there's been lots of rumors over the past year, and they really only started around August when Gamescom was happening. Um, rumors of what was being shown behind closed doors to people right. by Nintendo, um, but nothing concrete. Nothing. Nintendo have not said a code name. Uh, there's nothing about that has happened, and yeah, I think. Yeah, maybe a little bit bold uh, to uh, said that it would be March of last year because uh, yeah, I don't I don't even know if by March of this year they'll have said anything. I don't even know if we're going to roll into this console with a code name. I don't know because yeah. the thing well, with NX we'll was find it was, out in our predictions for this year. Well, we'll see. Yeah, um, I guess the thing with NX is that they had such a big lead up; they had to announce it early and they couldn't say what it was called. So, like, well, here's yes. our code name. So they yeah. actually just said it straight Do out. Do they even need a code name? Could they just say the name and reveal it? You know? Yeah, exactly. Like, I I fully expect them to just do a YouTube video drop type of thing. But right, we'll get right. into that. Okay, Metroid Prime 4 will be shown at E3. It will stray oh, from God. Nintendo's traditional stance on trailers and not show any gameplay, but be a cinematic reveal. Yeah, we yeah. still haven't seen anything of Metroid Prime Nothing 4. Metro, How ridiculous Metro is Prime that? 4. That's insane. Did Nintendo Actually do insane. a big Summer Direct? They did, they yes. Did, yeah. Um, but yeah, no Metroid. I mean, they put Primary Mastered out, as we know, but yeah. 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 Um. Advance Wars 1 Plus 2 Reboot Camp will not release. Nintendo oh, will never release the game, but will be, <laughs> it will be data mined and put on the internet. Uh, yeah, they, yeah, they got that game out. Um, they did, finally. Somehow, and I don't think it created too many waves, but... Um, no, nobody cared, yeah. <laughs> basically. Was the, it really the, sucks. Really I really but, enjoyed yeah. that game. I spent like 50 hours with it. It was, mm-hmm. it was great. Love a yeah. bit of Advance Wars. Uh, yeah. Persona 6 will be announced in November 2023 and it will be listed as coming to Switch day one. It will then release in 2026 and like Persona 5 on PS3 will be the last major release for Nintendo Switch. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, we are... Persona is currently in its Persona 3 reload phase right now, uh, so they're not doing anything aside from that. But 6, I do think 6 has a chance of being announced this year. Uh, You think 2026 will still have Nintendo Switch one game i think atlas would be the literal only company on earth to do it they'd be okay. like lol look look atlas in 2017 released uh, persona 5 on ps3 in 2017 that's fucking unhinged behavior <laughs> atlas like mm. i could see atlas doing it because they're fucking crazy 
Uh, also, Switch is just huge in Japan, and that's their core market, really. So, um, Then yeah. your fruity one was Xbox's Game Pass Cloud app will come to Nintendo Switch in an official capacity. Nintendo will be fine with this because Nintendo know that no one buys or cares about cloud games. <laughs> hmm Yeah, yeah. Uh, one day, one day it'll happen. I think that last one maybe was closer to coming true than the other ones. Were. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, which is the weird thing about it. Um, just to check, was that five predictions overall? One, two, three, four, five. Yeah. Oh, okay. We're doing four this time, right? We're That's, doing I've only... four plus one fruity. Uh, oh shit! Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll have to make one up real You're quick. You're gonna make one up. Okay, no uh, yeah, worries. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I'll, Bali, you go ahead with uh, your predictions. Right, let's go. Uh. Okay, yeah, that's my fruity one. Right, um, 2D Mario comes out with heavy inspiration from the meat from Meat Boy and Celeste. Mario moves faster, is a smaller sprite on screen, and lives and, and lives <laughs> once and for all go out the window. <laughs> Announced in the February direct and comes out just after the summer Octoberish window. Uh, uh, in the announcement, Nintendo revealed that this whole time Nintendo developers have been using Mario Maker as an inspiration for where to go next with Mario, and due to the success of harder Mario Maker levels, decided to try out a game that is not for the faint of heart. Think Rayman, Rayman's reinvention with Legends and Origins uh, levels of freshness and innovation. Hmm. Mm. It came yeah. out. It happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It definitely wasn't my description. I think it sticks no. to the Mario roots, especially on lives. Pretty strong. I'm, I'm, when I make the Meat Boy Celeste comparison, I'm redefining the way Mario jumps. The, the, I mean, look, there's flavors. There's flavors of that in here. You know, like those levels, those kind of short bite-sized levels. That I did get some hints. Where of he it. has the abilities. Yeah, yeah, I know he uses them, and and you have to use the wall jump, wall kick thing. And there's some real challenging ones in there that I think call back to. I I would be okay giving you a half point on this one. I think I nailed the release date. I said like, yeah. so it wasn't a February direct. It was a summer direct and came yes. out October, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I so, think so. Yeah, going point half point. I'm gonna give you a half point for that. Let's yeah. Take your half point. Yeah. Uh, I said. I've seen a couple of theories from people thinking that Nintendo were waiting for Tears of the Kingdom for the Switch Pro. The fact that Tears of the Kingdom uh, OLED has seemingly leaked suggests that the Switch Pro is not coming on May the 12th. Uh, 2023 will have been seven years of Nintendo Switch. I'm thinking 2024 could be the time that Nintendo go for the Switch 2. An event for Switch 2 will be announced in November slash December and the event will then be in January 2024 with the unveil. Uh, but we will have industry information about the system before then that comes out this year. Yeah, we have had information about the system. Again, nothing official. Uh, Definitely doesn't feel like there's going to be a January event, and it certainly wasn't announced in October. So what did I say? November, December. So I think that's a zero. Yep, I think so. Uh, Delays. Pikmin 4 and Metroid Prime 4 will both be launch window of the Switch to uh, the new system in 2024 and not come out in 2023. A new 3D Mario will also be held off until spring-summer 2024 to coincide with the launch. All three games will also come to Switch 1. Uh, This will make the second half of 2023 a little lighter, although, of course, Pokemon will come out and break more records while your character will still fall through the world at 5 frames per second. I think that one uh, still true because the DLC came out and still broken <laughs> as fuck. So you know, um, yeah, but, apparently yeah. it runs really badly, right? Yeah, yeah, it's still terrible. Oh, uh, they God. did a whole new area; it still runs God. awful. Um, yeah, I mean, Nintendo kind of did the opposite of this. They're like, no, we're going to keep filling out the calendar with Switch games. They hit it out of the park in 2023, like Mario, Pikmin 4, and Zelda. 
Hall coming out. Obviously, no Metro Prime 4. I don't think that should count for any half point or anything. No, um, no. But yeah, like, I was very impressed by the turnaround on Pikmin 4, and that is a very impressive game, um, considering the supposed tight turnaround, at least from announcement to release. Um, but yeah, so no point. Still sitting on half point. Okay. Mm-hmm. Tears of the Kingdom will sell 15 million units by the end of 2023 and critically will take home Game of the Year from the Game Awards and surpass Elden Ring's 95 on Open Critic. Uh, People will be shocked at how well the game runs at a smooth 30 frames per second with no hitching in any of the game's areas. The game will incorporate some incredibly well-designed thematic dungeons to counter that lack of real dungeons criticism of Breath of the Wild. So I did a quick Google, um, and Wikipedia suggests that it's currently sold 19.5 million copies. Uh-huh, yeah, that was a few, that was like a month after launch, I think, was those numbers. So it's probably higher than that now. Right, yeah. exactly. Um, it did not win Game of the Year at the Game Awards. Can I claim a half point? I think the, I think one shocking thing was the game runs really well. It does run remarkably well, yeah. I mean, well, hmm, here's the thing. Anytime you open up Ultra Hand, it's like, hey, 20, 20 frames per second, how are you doing? <laughs> like, it's, uh, it's, uh, ooh, it's pretty rough. Um, so for the most part, yes. I think the stunning thing about it is, like, you can jump from the highest point in that world to the bottom of the depths and... It is seamless. So that, yeah. I think, is pretty fucking remarkable. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I guess so. Like, I'll, I'll Have you ever, out. like, stood on the top of a sky island and just thrown any old object off and just uh-huh. watched Yeah. Dude, you know those um, fucking chests that hang from ropes on some of the sky islands? Like, I spent so long shooting those off and then skydiving after them, <laughs> and they would just fucking hit the ground and just ping away like into a river like it was madness of like trying to follow those chests that you you can shoot them and they fall down to the ground and i just dove after them into the ground uh and just like the geometry and everything it would just like fucking physics its way around to uh to all different places and just trying to find that chest as it dropped was that was kind of nuts uh so the fact that it can keep track of that and like where it's gonna land and all that sort of stuff is is crazy um so so I'll take half a point. Yeah, sure. Why not? So I make one point total. And then my final silly one was the Mario film will, re- will release three months later in the rest of the world outside the United States and become the most pirated film of all time. Mm. I don't think Well, I don't think... I think they all kind of came out around they the same time. all came point, out the same you, yeah. you, you shot that one on arrival when yeah. um, I said it. So yeah, right. I'll take Because I think they'd already announced the dates by that point. So. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, there you go. We nailed yeah. it as per uh-huh good stuff a one a solid one no win uh-huh yeah shall we get on uh, to 2024 let's do it let's get on with some new predictions okay shall um, i start us off with my spiciest one uh you're gonna go spicy straight Not, out this the isn't gate like my silly spices uh, okay my, my legit spicy all right legit spice let's go for some legit okay, we're spice. going we're talking about the nintendo switch 2 it's got to be the focus of a lot of these predictions uh-huh. i guess uh i'm saying it will launch summer 2024 on Friday, the 20th of September. Okay, yeah. Mario Kart will be a launch game. Mm. Mario 3D Mario, just like Mario Odyssey, Mario Galaxy, and Mario Sunshine, will be launch window rather than launch itself. So it will come, let's say, October, November. Okay. Uh, Nintendo will push down all their creative pride in favor of shareholder interests, and they'll remember that their largest market is North America, and the naming convention of north america means that this console will in fact be called the nintendo switch 2 wow 
It's bold. Is like, is actually a bolder prediction for Nintendo as a company? That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> so the, think, this is yeah. them saying, you know, we tried Wii U. We've done like 3DS. We've done like obviously Super Nintendo. We're gonna just throw all that out the out the window. We just need to make it as clear as possible to our biggest uh, audience. We're gonna call it Nintendo Switch Two. Okay. It's very um, clear that it's a new system. It's different. It's not the same thing. It's not an add-on. This is two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I see it. Um, I've gone in the opposite direction. Here's okay. my Switch 2 prediction. Let's do it. Okay. <clears throat> the Nintendo Switch 2 is not called the Nintendo Switch 2 because Nintendo, they can't fucking help themselves, okay? It's called the Nintendo Switch Up. Switch Up, okay? They changed it. They switched it up. It's the Switch Up. And here's the, here's the gimmick which makes the name make sense. So the back of the system on the back of the Switch, it now opens as a circle on the back of the Switch. It opens to a projector and so you can lie on your bed and project this holding it in your hands project it onto your ceiling so you can project your game onto your ceiling lying on bed and that is going to be the third the third pillar of how you play switch you can play it handheld you can play it docking your tv but the third way is you can project it onto your wall uh, and that you just hold the system and project from the back of the switch onto the wall the switch up because of course you can the, the advertising the, here's the here's the trailer the trailer is you're lying you go to bed get to bed after a day out with playing the switch you pick it up and you put it above your face and oh my god it's on the ceiling you're playing mario on the ceiling he's having a great time uh, and that is going to be the gimmick uh, that nintendo has to do because they have to add some co- kind of gimmick um it will be a gimmick that people will use for one week when the game when the thing actually comes out and then they'll decide it'll be too compromised to actually play it because it'll be too heavy to hold the thing and have it projected at the same time it'll be awkward to get the right angle it won't quite work um but nintendo will support it for the rest of the switch's life cycle switch ops life cycle i should say and um and eventually they'll do an iteration that gets rid of it and then they'll call the switch down uh, <laughs> that's it <laughs> so, so. i quite like the name switch up yeah because it's changing something up obviously it sounds yes. like an add-on which is, comes into the wii u exactly problem, but yeah I, it's I, very close to switch u it's one letter removed from yeah. switch u so um but it launches september 2024 same as you uh with an incredible astonishing 128 gigabytes of storage because that's where we're at with nintendo it's like yeah. guys we're gonna give you 128 gigabytes 128 and everyone's gonna be like gigabytes. what the fuck nintendo that's nowhere near enough is there um, not like an issue with heat and technology of like projectors and things and that being a handheld are we past yeah, that look, point look bali this is just the world of predictions all right this is imagination okay <laughs> all i know is that nintendo they can pull off some magic sometimes so sometimes uh, it might work so uh anyway uh it, it will launch with a new 3d mario that will be launch uh it will also make sadly the first mario at launch that's 3d yep. since 64 yep absolutely yep and wow. uh, it will also launch with because uh, it'll be it'll, like the, the the push will be new 3D Mario, but then Nintendo always have to have some other kind of garbage stuff at launch as well at first party. So the other games will be another Nintendo Warriors game. I've said Metroid Warriors just to prime people, you know, for prime. Have we still not had Xenoblade Chronicles Warriors? No, we haven't. And I predicted that like last E3 or something, I think. So I just I decided not to do Xenoblade. So I'm going to say Metroid Warriors because you can get people hyped for Prime Four with another Metroid thing, you know. <laughs> Because you can get all the bounty hunters, right? There's all the hunters from Prime Hunters, right? There's a bunch yep. of stuff you can do. So Prime Hunters, uh, you can play as the different hunters, Metroid Warriors, so that's going to be the second game. And the third game, 
they're bringing it back, Bali. It's Sushi Striker 2. Uh, it's going to be big. Oh. Uh, everyone's finally going to get on the Sushi Striker train. Uh, Sushi Striker 2 is going to be great. Um, so that's the, the three kind of first-party uh, adjacent launch titles. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. I think, like, this is going to happen this year. We are going to see what the next system is. It's going to come out, most likely. Mm. Where do we see it? When do we see it? I think that's up in the air still. Like, this, I feel like we still have some juice left in switch and i think this february direct that we tend to get still going to be switch focused is they're not going to say anything about the new system in february i think they're going to be like mm. princess peach is coming out and thousand year doors coming out and you know they might announce some other things but that's going to be the you main think they'll focus announce other things that, like, i think they the will switch. i think they are going to try anything and... substantial not, no not the no 10 millionth farming simulator I don't think so. I think that that it's going to be like low tier takes on Nintendo franchises, and like a couple of them I have in predictions, so we'll get to them. But I think there will be some new stuff announced in February that we're going to be like, really, and it's going to be more remasters and it's going to be more smaller scale stuff, just to mm. tide us over. Because I do think it's going to be, you know, Switch Two will happen this year, but like. At, I'm not even that certain in September. I'm saying September on prediction, but uh, November. They're maybe? very mixed on you know? their launch months for yes, like consoles. There's been mm-hmm. spring, there's been summer, there's been like October, November. Like mm-hmm. it's those are kind of the three slots, I guess. But yeah, could be anything. Could be. So we'll see. Hmm. Right, my next one is Nintendo will manage to agree a deal with Team Cherry that makes sure that Silk Song will be one of the launch games for the Nintendo Switch 2. Mm, mm, Microsoft's like deal is tied to the game being Game Pass Day 1, but they don't have a deal that confirms it with, like, a date. No, um, there's no... I mean, the, <laughs> the date that they did give was during that E3. They're like, what we're showing you today is the next 12 months of Xbox. And then, I think yesterday on New Year's Eve, I saw people on Twitter being like, it's going to happen, guys. This is it. This is the last day that Silksong could release. Yeah, what Xbox yeah. said. Uh, there's a yeah. couple of other games in that showing, I think, haven't come out yet. Um, was yeah. that farming on the planet one that I like the look of that was in, I think oh. it's in early access. Yeah, the robot um, one. Lightyear Frontier. Lightyear Frontier, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, that's not out. So, and then no. here's my spicy bit on this Silk Song will score 96 on Open Critic <gasps> and will be the top selling indie of the year. It will yeah. be, it will become the first indie game ever to win game of the year at the tgas oh spicy okay that's good i it's like a quality it. yeah. it's not a 2023 it's not year. crazy it's yeah. not looking like that anyway yeah there might maybe you'll get i don't know a wolverine maybe prince of persia will be incredible maybe final fantasy uh-huh. will be in the, the running as well but right. like beyond those games is there anything we think that is like truly a lock for the game awards i mean princess peach showtime pally come on (laughs) it's gonna be a banger but uh it's not a year with like you know a last of us an elden ring these kind of no tears of the kingdom or something like a breath of the wild it's not a year that's gonna have one of those i mean arguably like no one would have said Baldur's gate 3 at the start of last year right so you never know right there's always something that could come out of nowhere and surprise people um so i i think there's a possibility I, i still think it's always going to be way more difficult but you're right like this year is setting up for it to be a bit more uh kind of open for something yeah. like silk song to come in and do that and i think the thing is when hollow knight first came out in 
2017 nobody played i mean a lot of people did play it and that's why it got a lot of word of mouth uh, but really it was 2018 when it came to switch that a lot of people started right. paying attention to it really um and i think back in 2017 it's kind of like a pizza tower problem you know it was only on pc and the game awards was not recognizing that sort of stuff very well um and so it probably got nominated for an indie award and nothing else um whereas i think the name recognition the brand recognition of hollow knight like it's almost if it comes out i think it is almost guaranteed to get a nomination in a year like that isn't as packed as last Mm, year was mm. um so yeah i I can see it happening yeah yeah Yeah. Uh, any ideas on when it's coming out month date oh well it's coming out on the launch of the nintendo switch too okay which is september which i've predicted as friday the 20th of september right okay cool good stuff yeah looking forward to it um all right my second prediction so uh this year 2024 mother 3 turns 18 years old uh so that's you know this it's finally the age where it can go and drink uh, it's very important because now it's of age for nintendo to recognize in the uk it. um in the uk of course yeah <laughs> it's true uh i don't know what japan's age of drinking is good actually. question i believe um, it's 18 I could be it must wrong. be yeah uh but here's the thing even though mother 3 turned 18 nintendo will celebrate it by ignoring it completely instead they will remake another game in the mother series the only one that they seem to care about or put anywhere in the west earthbound the original earthbound the original earthbound is going to get a remake in the same style as super mario rpg oh my um, god and we get this at the uh <sighs> the end of the switch it's nintendo like i said they need more remakes more things to pad things out I can see this being a bit of a cross-gen title, like it comes out on Switch Two, but also comes out on Switch One, right? Like it's kind but of. In your predictions, cross- you have to call it Switch Up. I call it Switch Two. Sorry, Switch Up. It comes out on Switch Up and, and Switch Original <laughs> Switch, um, and I think that this is one that people would be happy with, and they will still not shut up about Mother Three. But what it will give us is it will give us hope because it'll be like, well, they may remade Earthbound. What if the way they put out Mother 3 is remaking Mother 3 and they can address all the problems and criticisms and all that sort of stuff and uh, finally put that game out for Western audiences to play? When did you say it's coming, sorry? Uh, I don't think I have a date for okay. it. I just I just know that it's in this, like, we're in this. We're going to be in this year and most of this year, Bali, to be frank, is going to be us being annoyed waiting on this podcast for any news about I know. Switch. And then there's eventually the games for Switch, the important games for Switch, will dry up and... Yeah yeah i'm very nervous about that period of time <laughs> this is you, we've got to watch out for this february direct because this february direct could spell true disaster it could be like and here's a game for original switch coming in october this yeah, year and that's when you clear. have to you know put the sirens Imagine out and be 3d like, mario got an- announced for october uh-huh. i guess it's still possible that same game comes out on switch too it, it is yeah, but it, yeah. You, it would just be feel a bit like ugh but uh, it's probably no i don't know but, mm-hmm. yeah yeah so yeah I, I i do think that there is a possibility of more remakes basically and i mean earthbound is a game that nintendo seemed to be happy to go back mm. to um and i could see it happening right like there is a you think about the kind of claymation style uh the earthbound has been associated with in the past and some of the artwork mm. and stuff like that and i think a claymation-y kind of plasticky look to a 3d earthbound isometric potentially remake did we ever find out who worked on mario um remake yes um, it was oh god i i can't remember 
it was um it's the folks who did the dragon quest art piazza art okay. piazza who did dragon quest four five and six on ds it was um, different to the Link's awakening team yes the Link's yeah. awakening is grezzo so grezzo right, is grezzo, like nintendo's yeah. uh but i could i could see the thing is grezzo haven't been working with nintendo recently and i don't know if they have anything so mm. the question is who would who would be making this but um the, i don't know the, I, the, I feel like there's a chance the thing i love about this prediction is i don't think people were generally ever going to predict a mario rpg remake it's no. it was always considered like the ugly duckling of like nintendo games and it's very quirky it's got very strange characters in it it's kind of got like a, a slightly more niche audience like fan base online i would argue and yeah. i think being weird and niche but beloved by fans are all things you can describe ascribe to earthbound like i think it's a great Mm -hmm. comparison those two games so if one of those can get remade i could definitely see earthbound being remade and yeah i think now is a decent time yeah uh, i hope it happens I, i feel like thing is original earthbound is still so playable and so good today like i feel like it doesn't really need it it's kind of like chrono trigger in that way um like there's not much you can do to improve earthbound i think it's pretty perfect as it is but i i think that there's a lot of people out there who just don't want to play super nintendo games and but that's what's so perfect about these re re but they call remakes but really they're just fancy remasters whether it's Mm -hmm. Link's awakening or mario rpg like mechanically supposedly these games are very very similar or if not the same yes and then they've just been given this healthy layer of paint yeah that could apply really nicely to earthman i think so yeah i think so and i think that would be a a really good way to get it back into the zeitgeist and continue to put pressure on nintendo to one day on mother 3's 21st birthday you know then maybe they'll do something to celebrate Mm. mother 3 uh but uh yeah sadly his 18th will be once again its older brother gets more celebrated than it and it's like earthbound oh oh, i'm I'm turning 27 or something mother 3 is like well what about me i'm important too uh earthbound still gets the limelight at the end of the day so my second prediction my third prediction we won't see metroid prime 4 in 2024 wow that's bold yeah that's that's real bold. metroid prime trilogy remastered will be a launch game for the switch 2 and it will give the same treatment that prime 1 received to primes 2 and 3 you think like full complete makeover in terms of the makeover yeah and it's a one complete package and that is a Mm. launch that's another launch game alongside mario kart and silk song on nintendo switch 2 okay um prime 4 will be 2025 and we won't see it at all in 2024 no trailer no, no nothing we're not seeing it we're not fucking seeing hell it. and it's gonna come in 2025 and it will not it it will not launch on the original nintendo switch wow so even though they announced it for switch one yeah they're canceling come out they're canceling the original it. now the thing that i find a little interesting about that is how remarkably well metro prime remastered looks on original switch hardware uh how how like how good that is and thinking about the kind of design ethos that they might take with prime 4 being a bit more traditional metroid constrained environment so you don't have to render big open spaces like i i can see it still being on the original system yeah no i think Um, it's still very likely that that's what i just made it spicier yeah yeah i get that um yeah i I think 
So the rumor has been for a while, Jeff Grubb has been saying two and three are also coming, but they're not going to get the same treatment as mm. one. Um, and, you know, those rumors float around forever. Same with the Wind Waker and Twilight Princess stuff. It's just constantly in the ether of like, oh, yeah, that's definitely going to happen. But it's just like, when the Nintendo ever going to announce it? Uh, so I, I, can, I can see them doing that if only to build excitement for prime four in a more legitimate way by doing a full-blown makeover of two and three um and then they get to charge more for it as well i think the the biggest flaw with this is that prime remastered was a 35 quid game yeah and doing all three you can't really you know if they're all three remastered i i think it's likely all three of them come out but i think it's more likely that it's um they're all individual uh on their own and you can buy them on the eShop together if you They're want 35 for a, quid each yeah it's like 120 quid or whatever for three of them or something stupid like it might be that uh situation oh, yeah 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 um but i think it's similar to like pikmin one two and three like mm. they, all, they all became playable on switch before yeah. four you know i think that's true it's the same number of games as well actually that's funny um but it yeah, is, yeah. trying to line them all up ahead of metro prime four yeah, it might be an opposite situation where Metro Prime Remastered is the more expensive one, like Pikmin 3 is the more expensive one, but yeah. 2 and 3 get bundled together as a... Uh, they can't call them remastered, so what they call it, they're like, 2 and 3 again! Remastered remake. <laughs> yeah, uh, they're like, it, it's HD. Maybe they call them 2 and 3 HD, because that's all it is, is it's just the same textures, just in HD now, yeah. That could be it, so Maybe. that would be interesting. Uh Lovely. Um, all right. My prediction number three. Um, sticking again to Nintendo. This is this is my like worst case scenario, basically. We get the February Direct and we get all these Switch games announced for the rest of the year and no Switch 2 thing uh, looking around the corner. Uh, it is ARMS. ARMS is back, baby. But in the same way that Pikmin and Chibi-Robo had like mediocre 2D platforming games, oh, um, no. ARMS is also going to... However, this one's, this one's going to be good, okay? It's going to be good, okay? It's not going to be... They're not going to give it to fucking... Um, what's the name of the studio that made Yoshi's New Island and stuff like oh, that? Um, uh, fuck, um, I can't remember them. Um, you, everyone knows Artoon. Artoon, yeah. Artoon, yeah. Um, I think they're called. I can't remember if they're Artoon or Arzest anymore. It's one of those. But they made... I think they worked on Balan Wonderworld. And basically everything they tossed is just turns to shit, basically. So um, they won't be involved. Uh, it's going to be... So it's going to be a side-scroll platform, but it's going to be really cool because it's going to be like a Mega Man format, right? And your arms are, like, used for loads of things. So they use, like, grappling hooks for, like, swinging across gaps, like Spider-Man style. You can also use them for attacking enemies, punching them across the screen. And what will happen is, like, it will be... You take on each level, and each level at the end, instead of a robot master, it's one of the characters from the original arms, right? And so those are, like, different boss fights that have different patterns based on the arms of the characters. Um, And it's going to be made in collaboration with way forward because they had to have been doing something with nintendo in the time that advance wars wasn't being worked on because it was sitting in there in limbo waiting to be released and then wasn't released for a whole year um so way forward went to nintendo like hey look the arms thing we can do something with that let's make a 2d platformer they've got experience with shantae with weird powers and stuff like that um they can make an arms game and it's going to be a two and a half d side scrolling arms platformer uh with some fun use of the arms to do something um and you know just gonna be put out there just as a stopgap game because what else are they gonna so be that's the kind of end of switch one life cycle oh, doesn't yeah. come to switch two 
You think about Chibi weird. Robo Ziplash Bally. We were playing that like right at the end of oh, yeah, the RPG. life. Yeah, uh, that <laughs> RPG, that famous RPG, Chibi Robo Ziplash. Oh god! If you don't know that reference, go back and listen to the archives of uh, us going yeah. to where was yeah. it? It was the um, Japan anime thing. Con? It was it was con. London. It was a Japan, Japan expo in London. Expo. And the guy who was running the Chibi Robo stand uh, kept telling me and Bally that it was an RPG and it was a side-scrolling platformer, and uh, yeah, that was that was very funny. So anyway, yeah, it feels like this this has the energy of like where are our end of life games for Switch? This is the big like no one will give a shit about this energy. Well, we're getting Mario versus Donkey Kong. We're getting that's true. Yeah, Princess Peach thingamy showtime showtime which does look good it does so, look good and we're know. also getting the paper mario remake yeah exactly those are like the three end of life things so yeah maybe there's more like this mm-hmm. arms game that would be yeah. weird um, yeah but yeah lovely okay my final kind of pseudo legit one is we'll we will see 2d zelda announced in a post switch to nintendo direct that takes place in october I don't think October is a month for the mail. I should say November. I don't know. Around mm. then. It mm. will then come out in spring 2025. It will be the first ground up original 2D Zelda in 20 years with Minish Cap coming out in 2004. Wow. It's been that long. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I mean, we need one. We need one so badly. We do need one. It's been, you know, Nintendo like to have Zelda things every few years at least or at least for there a long a time where it was every year yeah it was a yeah. remake a new game 2d or 3d every year for a yeah. while yeah for like 20 years or something it was a long period of unbroken stretch um so i mean hyrule warriors is always their go-to generally of like yeah. let's just fill a doesn't, spot with this i can <laughs> honestly i can 100 percent see the warriors game being oh yeah Tears of, the the kingdom. Tears of the kingdom yep Tears of the kingdom sure. warriors i, I think that. that was very very possible um but god i would love a new 2d zelda and like it's a thing where you can return to the traditional formula of zelda and people will be happy about that i think right Mm. like i I obviously i love link between worlds and the way it was like definitely a bridge to get to where we were with breath of the wild but i wonder if going backwards would make sense and i don't think i don't know if it will because anuma seems in recent interviews to be like nah well i don't know why people would go back to that and i'm like oh well is there a chance it's... he's just referencing the 3D games? Maybe, yeah, yeah. maybe. Um, I don't know who would work on a 2D. Maybe it is Grezzo. Maybe they're mm. doing an original 2D Zelda. But, like, yeah, like, Link Between Worlds was made by the Zelda team, right. the main Zelda team. And, like, these games, Tears of the Kingdom made, took six years to make, right? Uh, yeah. It's a long fucking development cycle. I can imagine it being another six years for the next big 3D Zelda. So they probably want to spend all their time focused on that. It doesn't make sense for them to have two years focused on a smaller Zelda title. Um, so unless they want to do it as a refreshing deviation, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, so. and I actually think the kind of structure of Link Between Worlds, as non-traditional as that was at the time for 2D Zelda, I still think if you played a game like a new game like that, of that kind of design, that structure, I should say, uh, I still think that would feel very fresh but still feel like more traditional zelda and like Mm. here's a dungeon here's a weapon for the dungeon you use the weapon in that dungeon like we've not had that obviously with breath of the wild and tears of the kingdom and i think that even that aspect and then use that same weapon to defeat the boss would still feel like ah you know what traditional zelda is really great and yep there's a space for it and it doesn't always have to be 
120 hours open world um which we're we're in now yeah for sure um so i would i'd love to see that i hope it feels like it's right you know the right time because we've just had a new 2d mario last year yeah um feels like we are in the zone for let's circle back around to 2d zelda because shockingly 2d metroid has had a couple of iterations in the last few years so you know right uh it's it's time for zelda to finally come back to the 2d plate and be the one that's next up to bat so who the thought like nintendo's most successful system ever uh doesn't um have an original 2d zelda on it like that just yeah feels weird it is very weird it is very weird um i can see it happening i'd love to see it happen so uh all right my number four uh so nintendo as we always know they're late to the party with new genres and trends and um you know they got to the battle royale eventually they're like 99 that's what we're gonna do um and there is one trend that has definitely come and i think gone in a way but nintendo they're always late to it so nintendo are going to announce with their most experimental series uh which they just always just do weird stuff with it's a kirby game of course it's kirby's take on vampire survivors and it works <laughs> perfectly because kirby what he does he sucks things up what is vampire survivors if not like that that thing right where instead of shooting things out kirby is sucking everybody in and so it's like a kind of inversion of the concept but he's just sucking things in and i think in this case it has to be food so it has to be like sentient food like walking around burgers Mm. and stuff like that so he's walking around and he's just sucking them up he gets power-ups from that he uh, gets all of his upgrades all that it will be download only uh, and Instead of the industry standard for Vampire Survivors games, which is about five quid for most of these, Nintendo will charge £15 for it because it's Nintendo. Um, And it will be a Kirby-branded Vampire Survivors game. I don't have a name for it, but I think that Nintendo, they like to eventually get around to, you know, hopping on a trend. And I think that Kirby is the game they use to do weird stuff like that. So uh, that's my my prediction. I like Uh, that. I I think that could come to switch to pretty early on and be like oh i thought this was another like end of life kind of squeeze it in before switch i, I think it could yeah. be either it could be either um but i think uh, a, a switch up edition would be you know you could lie on your bed and just quickly do a bit of kirby munching on your ceiling before you go to sleep you know that's uh <laughs> so it would, it would work and be nice and bite-sized and uh i don't know, i feel like nintendo also looking at like the success of Sweaker game on switch and like small games like this and i feel like kirby is always the franchise where they're not worried about doing like it's a 15 quid game it's a 20 quid game for kirby they did that was the fucking one where he just ate food that was last year wasn't it oh like something gourmet i can't remember gourmet yeah something there's like 20 kirby games as we always say released every year and each one is like doing a different thing and i mean this just makes perfect sense like kirby and vampire survivors actually is a is a really good fit so um yeah i think that's a possibility uh for something nintendo will finally be late to the party with with that game so it's my number four prediction Okay, my out there one. So, Nintendo can never help themselves when it comes to aiming at that really mainstream non-gamer market. We've talked about like, you know, 1-2-Switch was the kind of launch game for the Switch and didn't do the best. Uh, Obviously, we had Wii Sports with the Wii. Uh, Nintendo can't help themselves. They go through the trouble of calling this thing Switch 2 in order to make it very clear, like, this is the second Switch. This isn't Switch Switch U, Switch Up, or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. or Super Switch. Switch 2. It's not an add-on. It's a second Switch. And they unravel all that good work by launching 
Wii Sports 2 with the Nintendo Switch 2. They cannot help themselves. It's still going to have Joy-Con functionality. They they're not think they don't want you to remember Wii Sports Club. They don't want you to remember Nintendo Switch Sports. Those games did not do as well as they wanted. They need the Wii Sports brand, and they're bringing it back to launch the Switch 2. So they're calling it Wii Sports 2, not Switch Sports 2. They are not calling it Switch Sports 2. They're calling it <laughs> Wii Sports 2. I'm doing the good work of calling the system Switch 2. And everyone ends up confused, and it's a nightmare. I fucking love that. It's the dumbest, most Nintendo thing that's possible. I can absolutely see that happening. Um, yeah, I don't Joy-Cons are something we've not really talked about. Like, mm. what are they, did they, did they do Joy-Cons again? Like, yeah, I mean... I can't see how they don't but equally there are switches that exist without them so i just want a real d-pad like nintendo please on my my handheld console that was something that we felt so strongly about in the first two years of switch yeah. and i feel like we barely reference it anymore in the same way no because like they clearly made it obvious that they're just going to do different colors they're not going to change the fundamentals yeah. of yeah. the joy con even though the fucking switch light has a d-pad has a, and they yeah. could offer a joy con that has a deeper how many more fucking joy cons would they sell if they just sold a d-pad joy con <laughs> like so many i would buy one I like know. jesus yeah. it's crazy um so yeah that's pretty wild to i me. do think the switch 2 will have joy cons yeah yeah, I think I, I think that it's going to be as close to the form factor as the Switch, maybe apart from its projector on the back. Um, uh-huh. That, that uh, <laughs> yeah, that you know, it, this is going to be one of the safest Nintendo consoles there's ever been. But, yeah, I can see it happening. Yeah. I definitely can. Uh, so, I just hope that you know they fix the fucking analog sticks and oh, the entire gosh. drift situation and just Ugh, that is that is scary. They make it bigger. I think here's the thing like nintendo never have forwards compatibility really uh or backwards compatibility i should say with uh controllers uh so like using new joy cons on old switches wouldn't work at all um and i think they're gonna have to be different sizes then that also causes the problem of you can't use old joy cons on new switch and yeah i don't know yeah and like i own the same gamepad it feels like four times where i can't use my wii u uh, pro controller with the switch and obviously i'm a niche audience who's bought both of those consoles Uh uh-huh so it's maybe different for switch to switch to but yeah i i think they will do a lock off like switch one joy cons do not work with switch two yeah would be my guess but oh well we'll see we can hope um all right my final prediction bali um so nintendo you know again once again late to the party uh, it's kind of another splinter of my kirby vampire survivors idea but <laughs> very God, different very different so uh recently there's been a lot of success with online multiplayer games among us blew up and it was this weird scary kind of still cartoony but like scary uh game that people played online streamers loved it it was like a big deal uh recently we've had lethal company which has taken over the fucking world it's one of the best-selling games in the world right now it's just absolutely destroying um and that is a first person scary you know play with six other friends go into this thing um nintendo they need to get on the horror train they need to finally get a multiplayer horror experience out there and they have the perfect way to do it this game is called scare me uh me being m-i-i the me's 
and you play as a bunch of me's right and you're playing these me's in this weird station uh it's a horror kind of space situation and as you go around the things that attack you kill you scare you are all the weird fucking me's so you remember the weird me's on the plaza you would download of like here's a weird monstrosity that someone made that looks like an alien oh, face God. here's a horrible one that we tried to make that the eyes are at the bottom and there's like all the horrible scary me's over the years that people have made they get fed in here and those are the things that jump out of closets and attack you they're like attached to weird wires the heads and stuff and it's a me focused horror game called scare me and it's co-op online multiplayer uh, and it's a I switch love, two game i love the name mm-hmm. i think that name is so like scare me it's yep. just so like oh yes that will work and it uses me as our favorite thing yeah um cool that like this is switch one i no, i think this can be a i think it's an online it's a, they need to push their online subscription so maybe this is even tied in maybe this is a you buy a subscription to switch online when you get your switch up and then you can play this uh you know with your friends uh you know as as it comes out so i think this is a good like end of year so if the, if the system comes out september i think this is a nice like november announcement to be like hey and if you subscribe to switch online because the people who get their first let's say again that they get like a, a free two months of switch online or whatever maybe three three months of switch online december rolls around and they're like here you go straight into this um and it's a reason for people to re-up their subscription basically so it comes as a part of the membership mm. so um cool. taking the place of the 99 games we're going to start getting some multiplayer co-op games uh, from nintendo does, does f099 die in the ditch i think it just gets left on original switch oh, yeah uh, probably so <laughs> so uh replaced by this instead so yeah i feel like um it's one of those genres that nintendo have always toyed with but it doesn't fit their image because like horror is not a thing for children really and so Mm. they need to have a i mean like you see the success of like the five nights at freddy movie and stuff like that like there's children's horror quote-unquote is a huge thing like a massive market and uh i feel like there's a space for nintendo to kind of lean into that and they have luigi's mansion of course which is very tame very very tame but i feel like there's a they could get a little edgier with it and i think that a game like this would make sense so i think it's definitely possible me's make it to switch too in some fucked up way yes oh, absolutely God. like How insane is that yeah i that mean they're kind 20 of 20 years old at that point well bali by your own admission if they call it we sports 2, they have to put me's in there <laughs> yeah. like unless they yeah. take the weird like new characters they Those made switch avatars. sports characters switch they, sports guys they, they yeah. looked all right they're okay yeah they're fine um i had a good enough time dressing them up for like the two weeks i played that game and then never got any of the uh the cosmetics again but um but yeah that's the thing. Um, all right. Well, I think that's it. I think those are our some, predictions, some uh, predictions for the year. An exciting so, year ahead. Yeah. In theory. Yeah, I think so. I hope so. Even before Switch 2 comes out in 2026. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. We'll still have to keep waiting. Well, Nintendo needs to hit 150 million units. They need to beat the PS2, you know? So they're yeah. only going to get there by holding off longer and longer, essentially. So, uh, yeah. Um, we'll seal these in an envelope, and I will inevitably forget all of them and uh then we'll come back next year and uh, did, did you remember any you of your know? ones that i said uh no i don't think i did <laughs> okay. i don't think i did which is the great thing about this because i get to come on the show and bali just tells me what i said a year ago <laughs> yes. and i'm like oh i did i say that okay that's cool uh so yeah it's always fun always good fun so 
Uh, that, everybody, is going to close us out, though. Uh, thank you, of course, for listening uh, and joining us in this new year, uh, 2024. We've got a, a game to play. Oh, shit, you're right. Okay. Uh, before we go, okay, so I told... So I believe it's Sully on Discord who does this thing where they go on to uh, Backloggery, which is a website that we use to like track our games. Um, and we... Basically, the way that I do it is, like, I add a game in when I'm, like, I've, I've bought a new game, I'm just going to add it to my system, whatever. And there's a there's a thing on this website called the co- uh, Cookie of Fortune, Fortune Cookie. And I've done this a couple of times back in the past where I just, like, click it, and it basically gives you a game. And it's a good way to be like, what should I play next? And you just click it and it gives it to you. So it's, I think Sully did this thing where they basically put um, a bunch of, like, ten games on... Uh, or they chose 10 games from the cookie the fortune it's this is really fucking me up because on the page it says cookie of fortune but it's called fortune cookie when you click on it in the actual fucking website so they have two different ways of saying this thing anyway it's an old um, website it's an old website uh it's great uh, and i have a lot of stuff logged on there so uh what i'm gonna do is this year i'm gonna play uh, i'm gonna force myself to play three games uh 3ds switch and steam as the three ones i'm gonna do so i'm gonna open a cookie uh for each of these systems so for 3ds i've ticked 3ds downloads and nintendo 3ds i have a lot of 3ds stuff to get through um so i want to play at least a few of them this year but this will force me to do at least one so let's do 3ds first then i'll do switch then i'll do steam and those will be three games that i have to play for this year i'm trusting you here i'm not we're not sharing screens okay so we're not i mean i can share a screen if you want me to (laughs) it's fine um, but it's fine i will open this one okay so here we go let's open the cookie drum roll please the 3ds here we go open that cookie seventh dragon cut three code vft that sounds exactly like a random ass (laughs) game that you would have downloaded at the end of the 3ds life that i have no idea what it is but i'm going to guess is a jrpg rfn talked about it multiple times so clearly you just glossed over in your brain um <laughs> but they love but these jrpgs of course of course uh th- this is like the one i probably didn't want to get cause <laughs> it's like the lowest down the totem pole of the games that i want to play on 3ds uh but now i have to play seventh dragon 3 code vfd how, how long do you think it is oh god should we do you want to do how long to be let's on do it a quick how long let's to do be. how long to be what's it called I'm fucked seventh dragon <laughs> seven number seventh dragon three here we go Co- okay 30 hours ballet oh, <laughs> jesus that's 30 hours that i've now dedicated okay cool all right well we'll see uh, well you know i downloaded this and there's no thing i don't have to finish it necessarily but at least i should play this game and see check it out and see if i do want to finish it but we'll see okay um, okay so that's 3ds uh, i have to play that i might not finish it but we'll, we'll i'll definitely give it a good go uh now nintendo Ooh, switch already changed no, no it's fine it's fine it's fine it's all good um okay uh, Nintendo Switch, so I've got Switch and Switch Downloads, which are my two categories. Okay. All right, let's open the cookie for Switch. What am I going to get? Elder Scrolls V Skyrim, <laughs> which, I, which I guess, technically, I haven't finished Skyrim. So does this mean I just have to finish Skyrim now? Um, well, um, seeing as you dodged a bit of playtime in the last round, I think yeah. that, yeah, I guess it's telling you to finish Skyrim. I guess so. Like, I don't know. Do, do, are you happy with that, Bally? Should I re-roll on my Switch one? Because that's kind of a... It's, I, I count it as unbeaten, but I don't know if I'm ever going to go back to Skyrim. So um, I think it's telling you to beat Skyrim. <sighs> so I can't re-roll Switch? I have to beat well, Skyrim? Well, that's not... The, the, the rules were you're going to beat the game oh, that God, is, I fucking, you roll, so yeah, I think you should that's beat true. Skyrim. 
All right, fine. I, I don't guess know how I'll... much you've got even left to play to beat it, but I mean, it do, you know, Skyrim is endless, basically, so you can just keep going. Actually, the small print in the rules says <laughs> you have to do the completionist run of Skyrim, which according oh, to I how see. long to beat is two hundred thirty-one hours. Oh, cool. Okay, so, good. Yeah. yeah, I I think I played fifty hours of Skyrim. Uh, okay. So you know i'm there i it's one of those things i've always wanted to go back to so maybe i just do go back and yeah actually that's what roll i wanted credits. to do go back all right okay cool well let's do steam the final one which is the most wild because there's so many fucking games on here um let's open steam what do i get transistor that's quite you, good actually that's a good one you've been meaning to play that yeah uh so i'm actually currently playing bastion my goal basically is to play the entire supergiant catalog um before hades 2 releases essentially so um i've been oh is hades 2 making it out this year i don't i think early access is early access definitely is but, right but yeah. do you not think the final game's not going to be this year you don't oh no 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 so it'll be early access this year and then probably another two Just years until about full goatee and yeah song yeah prediction but yeah we'll see yeah i don't think so um but yeah i'm playing bastion i want to finish bastion but then i can just go straight into transistor so i was kind of intending to do that anyway so that works out nicely so so i've got to play seventh dragon three code vfd i have to finish skyrim and then i have to play transistor so okay. you've got there those you go. down uh yeah they're in my brain at least they're i'll remember brain. them yeah so uh all right well that i think is going to close us out uh for the show uh so you can of course uh you know do various things with us I, I, i'm not doing the game by the way just because i barely managed to keep uh, yeah bali can bali just just doesn't know what he's doing every, um, uh, but i will partake minute, in so. game trade and we will discuss that next time for yeah, our yeah, 2024 sure. game trade games yep uh so uh you can go and find us on the internet in various places you can support this show on patreon by going to patreon.com slash this nintendo live uh where you can find some extra episodes and things like that bally we'd like to thank some of our patrons yes we have a brand new patron there are brett m thank you very much for your very brand new patronage uh but we also have 10 dollar tier plus ta- patrons to thank uh they are zach s thomas matthew albert wicked gamer uk alan i can't stop laughing before i even get to the end turtle and Ali T. Ali T. He's still here. He's I still legitimately, I legitimately think he is just going to forget that he did this, and we're going to be sitting here in like three years' time, and we're still going to be reading out Ali T's name, and he's eventually going to realise, and he's going to be like, "Fuck, I've been paying those guys hundreds of dollars." Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's that's good. For Ali T. He's going to be playing Last of Us and Witcher soon. We, we did, yeah. So we. We got a message from Ali T's wife, and he was like, hey, what should I buy him for Christmas? Uh, and we decided uh, that he should play Last of Us and The Witcher 3. On PS4. Uh, on PS4, yes, exactly, because yes. he's a PS4 boy for the moment. We got uh, him so a PS4 for his wedding. We did, yes. Uh, Back in 2019. So, and he's he's played, like, you know, speaking of Skyrim, Ali T's played, like, 900. I remember he came around to my house when I was playing Skyrim on Switch, and I think that's what kind of piqued his curiosity about it. And so when he uh, got back, he bought it for himself on Switch. And then after we got him a PS4, he bought it again on PS4. So he's done, like, multiple playthroughs on Switch and PS4 and has, like, way more time in Skyrim than I have. So uh, I probably have to just catch up to him, basically, by just playing some more Skyrim. Um, so there you go very good uh you can obviously find us on the internet uh, i'm on twitter at lord nbz where can they find you bally i'm on twitter at ballyman91 that's b-a-double-l-y-m-a-n-9-1 
You can also find the podcast at TNL Podcast for any updates about the show, what we're doing, things like that. Uh, you can find us on the internet in various places. We're on Spotify, we're on Stitcher. You can download us from any podcasting app. Review us, rate us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. Give us all those juices. We like to have them. Uh, so please do that. I should probably go and check our Apple Podcast reviews. I've not looked in a long time. We might have some stuff on there. So I'll take a look. But um, it'd be very nice going into the new year to get some uh, some more ratings and reviews and all that good stuff. Uh, would very much appreciate it. Um, and I think that is going to do us we, we did a bunch of game of the year stuff oh, that's true that that's true Bally, do you want to shout out what uh we put up onto the feed oh lots of things so we did our first pillar which was game of the year that didn't actually come out this year you can check out that episode we each did the top 10 games that were our favorite games of the year that didn't we didn't play and we didn't play but that didn't come we did out play but they didn't come but out we yeah. did play in 2023 uh and then we did a non-tendo joint list that was five games that our top five that we put together of non-tendo games so that was fun to do check that out for a dollar on patreon and then we also did our official game of the year for the main show which was all the nintendo games and we made a joint top 10 games of the year that came out on the nintendo switch so definitely check that one out as well and on top of that we each made individual top 10 lists cross-platform we did podcast versions and video versions uh mbz's ones on his channel and my ones on the tnl channel definitely check those out Mm -hmm. yep Uh, so you can listen to the audio of those if you want but yeah the video is available as well um and that i think is going to close us out for this episode thank you everybody for listening we'll be back at you in a couple of weeks time with some more nintendo goodness and uh fingers crossed that we get some kind of news this year on whatever the hell they are cooking up next Uh, looking forward to it Uh, until then thanks for listening and we'll see you soon bye bye interlude for today's show was Nintendo Capri Sun singing lyrics over the top of Magmore Caverns, originally from Metroid Prime on GameCube, copyright Nintendo and Retro Studios 2002.